500 years ago He washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad He said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy Injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me So evildoers will believe that this man cannot die The ghost who walks Enemies beware The phantom's always there But you won't find the phantom He finds you G'day everyone, and for those of you who came in late, you're listening to X-Ban, the Phantom Podcast. This is episode 102, comics and news, and well of course it's comic and news, because you got Steve here, so there's no special <laughs> guests, it's me. Welcome to the episode, and today I'm joined by, you heard them chuckling there in the background, g'day Dan and Jermaine, how'd you going fellas? Very good, very good. Uh, great to have you back on board, Stephen. I've almost forgotten what you sounded like. It's always good to be back. <laughs> Holy dooly, we've got a big episode for you today, guys. We, we, we sure do, and I've been, been warming up for this episode by um, listening to some back issues of, of X-Band the Phantom podcast. Lately, I've just listened to the Sammy Jane Duncan episode, and um, that was fantastic. It was nice to... I, I, I didn't know how the... Um, the, the breath testing was, was going to come across in that, and uh, it, was, it, was, it gave me a nice uh, chuckle. And I'm currently going through the um, the um, Tony DePaul episode, oh. um, so I'm about halfway through that at the moment. And um, yeah, that's been that's been great listening. But I, I forget how many of these you don't bother to turn up for. <laughs> don't bother to turn up. I, I t- <laughs> With the um, with the production list is coming up in the next was it next month? Yeah. yeah there's going to be going to be well, I might miss one, but there's a few that I'm going to step over. My, you know, I'll have to be dead to to miss a couple of these that are coming up. <laughs> well, a couple of them we've been putting off for you to hurry up and join us so you can attend. It's like <laughs> one of them, you know, is going to be up there with your uh, uh, the most important ones you've ever attended to. Well, that, that's why there's no way I'm missing out on those. Anyway, enough about the future. We're, talk, we're all about the present. Yes. Um, so this is Comics and News, and let's get straight into it. So, new stuff to buy. Now, oh, I feel like I'm shouting here. That's going to make editing this fantastic and uh, and what have you. But um, I'm, I was so excited. I hope everyone checked out our YouTube Um where I got to do the video review of Fru's 70th anniversary trade paperback because I was the first one to get it. No one else had got it. No, 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 no. And was I? Um, I loved it. I, I got through that in a in a day. And um, later on that week, um, I saw the people who you know, my local comic shop um, owner, because I was doing a, a a thing at a local comic con, and um, she could barely put it down either. She, you know, she's got to work, but yeah, she didn't want to work because she wanted to read the the comic. And she, talking about you know jumping from plane to plane and things like that. So yeah, she was infatuated by it. So um, yeah, it was really was a, a fantastic um, a publication. And um, for more on that, you can have a look at the um, at the at the YouTube. Um, there's not really much more I don't think we can cover cover on um Yeah, that. and I think the beauty about the YouTube is some people have been dubious about whether to pick it up, 
based on the cover or the contents or whatever. And like I've seen some of the comments via Facebook and other social media mediums, and I've seen a couple that have said, oh, you know, based on your, you know, you guys previewing or reviewing or whatever word you want to use, I'm definitely going to pick this up now. And I think that's why we do it because, you know, unfortunately there are negative Nellies and people that are, don't like change, don't like new things and stuff like that. And, you know, you were able to show just how great piece that was. And if you're still listening to this and you are umming and ahhing about it, go and check the video out. Steve has done a good job. He's even tried to hide some of the uh, the news stories, which I thought was funny. Um, but, no, he did a good job with that, and it's good to see that you have basically persuaded a couple of people into buying it. So... If you're still, yeah, if you're still on the fence, or if you're still doing a Steve, um, you know, go <laughs> I'm watch not on the, the fence. Video. I go out and get it. <laughs> get off the fence, well, get in the car, or go for a walk. Go get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people should be, uh, it should be getting into a lot of bookstores now and that sort of thing. Again, I'm, uh, as I said in uh, episode 101, I got down to my local comic store, um, Kaboom Comics in Toowoomba, to pick up mine off the shelf. And um, talking to Todd down there, it's amazing. Ha- putting them on the shelf, people are picking it up and, and having a flick through, and then they rarely put it back down. They often walk towards the counter with it. So you do need to make sure that you uh, get in and... Um, uh, and, and have a look at it. Uh, have a look through the YouTube if you haven't, if your local store isn't buying it, and then jump on either Fru's website or even Kaboom's website for that matter, and uh, order it from them, um, and uh, get the comic because it's it's a great read. We're not going to review it today, even though it is comics and news, and we the three of us have all read it because um, look, there's a lot of other comics to get through, and we want to save that one for probably next comics and news and do a bit more of a focus on it. So we're not going to um, review it today. Um, give you people uh, a bit more time to um, to pick it up themselves. Yeah. Um, and really, I don't think I'm going out, going too far out on a limb when I say, um, in regards to latest issues, like in the whole of comic comicdom, um, it's probably only running second to Batman Damned to the publicity it's getting. Surely, maybe it's even getting more publicity thanks to our YouTube. <laughs> and you don't even have to see. Um, our heroes, like neither re- neither regions. <laughs> I really have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, Google yeah, Batman Dan, and you will. Let's move on to the next point, Stephen. <laughs> okay, next right one. Right, yeah. Next one, uh, we have Lightning Strikes, the good old people um, from Ireland. Um, issue one is coming out of the latest, um, I've forgotten what, is it, is it called The Phantom Strikes? Yeah, the, the whole series is called The Phantom Strikes, and the... Individual story is called The Ghost Who Wouldn't Die or something like that. I'll have to go and check uh, chroniclechamber.com for a quick reference. And we will be reviewing it later on in this episode as well. Yeah, so that that is... Yes, yes, we we are. are. You've read it, haven't you? Yeah. Of course you have. Uh, I've I've read through it very quickly. I better... Radio. <laughs> from the shadow, from the shadow of a ghost, it's called, and uh, and that one is is well and truly available on um, either Lightning Strikes website or again, um, local comic stores may be ordering that in for people. Um, again, I know Kaboom Comics is ordering mine in for me. Um, the hard copy, I've obviously read the PDF, and uh, we are going to have a bit of a chat about that one later. Excellent. Yes. Okay, I better get that um that file back up it's on my other computer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, it's it's not uh, it's not now. Uh, we'll we'll get to it soon. No worries. So there's um so that's the new stuff to buy. Other stuff, other news 
Well, board game is tugging along nicely, but um, we've got um, one of the creators, Dale, coming up in a in a um, a future episode, and we'll be able to delve uh, more into the board game. But we're all excited about it, and we can't wait to um, hear what Dale has to say. Um, episode 100, we do have a competition winner. Um, his name's not here, so it's forgot. Finn Marieks. Finn Marieks, who, when we, we got his, um, if he, like I said before we started, it's just like Ron Burgundy. If it's not on the run sheet, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> anyway, Finn Marieks, congratulations, well done. Um, and when we saw your address, um, to you know, to send the the statue off. Realise that you're not too far away from me, so it'd be good if we could catch up and do a little photo op and put it up on the website. I reckon that'd be that'd be fantastic. Um, Comic Con has happened over in New York, and what a phantom oh. flavour that this has had. We've had. Cy- I, don't, I don't get FOMO very often, but I certainly did over the weekend. Just gone. Gosh, that would have been great to be there. Wouldn't it? Yeah. There was Cy Barry, Keith Williams, Alex Saviuk, Graham Nolan, Bob McLeod, and a panel with Alex... Is it Yoan? Yoan? No, Owen. Oh, I, well, I wasn't there for that podcast. I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> panel with Alex, Owen, and David. Um, oh, Stephen, you're on fire tonight. <laughs> You can tell the Daylight Savings is really struck with Stephen and it's up to the midnight oh. hour. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to go. I'm, I'm up and I'm about and I'm excited and I'm shouting because I want to get through things quickly because I really <laughs> want to get up. I've, I've got to get up early tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but that would have been uh, fantastic. Now, and, yeah, yes. and people have been asking us. We've got, gee, we've got a number of inquiries about um, the audio or the video of the Phantom panel in particular on the Sunday there at New York Comic Con. Um, and unfortunately, we just have not been able to source it. We had um, a number of people who were going to try this, that, or the other, but unfortunately, um, it, we just were not able to get to get that audio or that video for people. We would love to have shared it, of course, um, but uh, the contacts um, just haven't quite come through this time. Well, what we really should do is try and get a couple of these guys on, and we, they can probably have a chat to us about what happened at Comic Con. Um, but pardon my. Um is it negligence? No, I don't don't know what the word is. Ignorance. Ignorance. Ignorance is the word I'm looking for. Um, but who's Bob McLeod? That name's not familiar to me. <laughs> oh, again, if you check the website, because uh, we did make mention of him. Cool. <laughs> no, he's a um, Bob McLeod. Is uh, he did a lot of he's done a lot of Marvel and DC stuff. He's done a, he's done about five six Egmont stories. Uh, he started around the same time as the US invasion uh, with Egmont, like with Alex Soviak, Dick Goriando, um, and a couple of these other uh, American artists, uh, Sal Valudo, a little bit later on and stuff like that. So. Um, he's, he's very talented, very clean, um, uh, not as stylized, like, you know, um, so very similar as Alex, I would probably say. Cool. Um, if you go onto Fan and Wiki, you can have a look at the webs, uh, the, the stories. Uh, I, I believe they were from around the mid 2000s. Um, I've got, I've got, a, I've got, I think I've got a sketch from him and a couple of, um, a sketchbook as well from him, so he's a not, uh, yeah, he's he's fairly talented. Uh, he's only did he's only done a couple of stories, but 
Hey, heck, I, if they've done if they've done one Phantom story or, or whatever, they're a Phantom artist, and absolutely, you know, we want to we want to celebrate yeah. them. Cool. So, according to Phantom Wiki, six Phantom stories, all for Phantom Men, uh, from two thousand three, right, and from two thousand and three to two thousand and six, so mid two thousands, like you said, well done. Jolly good. Right, yeah. So that's all the news that is news. Um, so that might be the fastest news segment we've ever done. Gone through that pretty quickly. Rightio, so let's get straight into the comics to review. And it has been a while since the last comics and news, so um, we've got a few here to do. Now, what do you reckon, fellas? Do we do the, um, the regular throughs first, or do we do the I other? I think thing? we follow the schedule. Follow the schedule, so we're not, <laughs> so we don't go. You know why this is, tangent? Steve? Why because is uh, Jermaine's actually, and he shared this. Before, this is a bit of uh, um, through the um, behind the curtain type stuff for the listeners. But Jermaine's shared before the podcast. He's actually taken notes. Um, on what he's read this time for the first time ever. And for the first reckon... time in 110 episodes, I am actually prepared with notes of what I'm going to say. So what and we I... need you guys to do is we actually need you to actually let us know uh, if it made it a better listen or not. So in other words, should I be more organised all the time or should I just fly by the night? So well, let's, listen, uh... I'll tell you what, let's if this, see, uh, let's see how if this huge podcast with the amount of stuff we've got to get through Gets under an hour. Yes. <laughs> Keep bringing the notes in. Well, let's let the listeners hear it first before they decide. Um, but that's why we've got to stick to the schedule because otherwise Germ's notes will be out of order and you won't be able to follow. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like the last one I was on where you added ones in that weren't in the schedule and I didn't bring the comics in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that was fun. When was the last one you were on? The 100th. What was that? Episode 70 or something? <laughs> 100. One zero zero. <laughs> anyway, the first the first one to review um, is the Kid Phantom trade paperback. That's now hit the stores. I actually saw it in my local comic shop um, just the other day um, for a lot less than what the printer's proof was. Um, yes. But I actually didn't have the cash to pick it up, so, so I still haven't got it. But you, uh, both of you have the uh, printer's proof um, uh, copy of it. Did you end up getting yes. the, 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 the normal one now, or have you just settled for... Not yet, but I will be getting the normal one because my daughter wants to read it and I would rather not, you know, take it out of the plastic and take it to a, uh, a three-year-old bedroom to read it at night time. Um, and so, I do have I do have the, the shelf copy. I've got two, one for me, one for my son. And I would, if you're a completist collector, you actually are going to need to get both because there are significant differences between the printer's mm. proof and the uh, the shelf copy. Well, so good luck in, in the printer's proof now, because they're all sold out at um, Yeah. Supernova. So tell us what the differences between the two are, um, Dan. Uh, the main, I guess in terms of, as soon as you pick it up, you notice the difference because the cover is um, much thinner on the shelf copy than it was on the um, the printer's proof. It's, a, um, I would say, probably half the GSM um, of mm. what the uh, the printer's proof was. So that's the, I guess, the physical difference. There's a few subtle differences then in terms of um, what appears on uh, title pages and that sort of thing. Um, so that that's not not super significant. I think off the top of my head, the uh, uh, the credits on the title page have been added. And then um, what's really significant, though, I guess, is that the at the end of the the book, and um, you mentioned this in the YouTube review you did of the the printer's proof germ, um, was calling out for a few. Extras, if you like, and there's um, 
what's this, six odd pages of extras at the back, including some of the original concept art from uh, from Paul Mason, um, and uh, some breakdowns and some layouts. And it is some of that stuff that he had in his uh, uh, work in progress book that he was selling at mm. uh, conventions last year. So, so as someone with a so, first of all, Dan, did you enjoy those couple of extra five, six pages? Oh, for sure. As, uh, and, as an older reader. And then what about your son as a younger reader? I don't know that he's read the extra stuff at the back, to be yep. honest. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 he would have flicked through it for sure, and he's certainly seen the, the pictures. Yeah. But but he also has a work-in-progress book too, so he's seen it before. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I think uh, we uh, may uh, mention that – I think we may mention that the extras is probably – not something for the younger kids. It's probably more for the the, the collector. Correct. Yeah. 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 So and so, what is actually in the um, the trade paperback? I'm, I'm guessing it's the uh, is it four or five um, Kid Phantom stories. Yes. So it's the first four um, episode or, or issues of Kid Phantom. Um, then there is a uh, a prose story which goes for. Well, again, this is, I guess, a difference because in the shelf edition it goes for about seven, eight pages, whereas in the trade paper, in the the printer's proof it went for four. Um, the difference there being that the illustrations by James Brower that accompany the the prose are now much bigger and in mm. some cases a full page rather than a uh, a quarter page sort of thing. All right, so the same uh, illustrations, just done bigger. Yeah, correct. No more illustrations, the same ones, just um, actually as I, as I flick through it now, three of them are full page and the fourth one is profile, uh, sorry, um, landscape across the top of two pages. Do you, do you find and that helps to break up the, the prose and makes it a bit easier to read? or? Uh, oh, for me, not particularly, um, you know, because the, you still, because the, you've got uh, a full page picture, the other, the other page is full text, so it actually doesn't break up the text that much at all and i think for the reading age of this you're probably looking at kids who don't necessarily need a um a lot of breaking down in the text anyway it, it the, the, it's nice to have the pictures um larger i suppose but um probably they're beautiful I've, they're beautiful images yeah they are they are um personally i probably would have preferred it the way that it was which would have freed up an extra four pages for more extras i suppose yeah see i'm the opposite i, I prefer the pages i prefer the the images to be larger because it, you know, it, it breaks for me, it breaks it up not just so much for a reading, but also from like a flow and stuff like that. And it sure. Makes it a, in my opinion, a better experience. Sure. And the, there is a sixth story as well, Stephen, which is the kid Mandrake, which appeared in the, um, the supernova, um, program. So you probably have read that, yes. uh, the kid Venom and boy and young Mandrake story. Um, and that's the, the last thing before you then get to the the extras. Excellent. So worth picking up. Oh, for me certainly. Um, again, you're, if you're a completist, then definitely. Um, for for yeah, it's interesting for for my son. Um, he's already read the the four comics, and he probably prefers to pick those up and read those than pick up the trade paperback again. Um, um, you know, if you haven't got any of the the kid fandoms, then this certainly is it would be a great Christmas gift or something like that for a nephew or a grandson or whatever, um, or a son. Uh, we got Christmas coming up, not too distant future. Um, particularly if they haven't read any of the other comics, so it'd be a good way for them to to get into it. And I guess episode five must be not too far away. Um, the six, sorry, five, five's out. Six, six is the next one out. Um, so they you could catch them up with five and six as well on top of it. 
Cool. Ange and I were just talking about, you know, buying for our nephews and nieces, and yeah, I've got a nephew who I reckon that'll go down well. Of course, uh, my boy Jeremy, he'll get, I'll buy a tray paper back, and he's just going to love it, because he does. So, um, but yeah, I reckon my nephew will enjoy that too, and he's, my hmm. nephew's probably at the right age too, he's grade five or six in Victoria, so what's that, about 11 or 12, I think? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That's that's right in the in the right zone. Okay, um, moving on. We good to move on? Yep. 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 All right. Moving on is Lightning Strikes issue number one, which we referred to earlier in the podcast. Um, the so we've read a, a PDF of the of the story. Um, there's a character from the Scarlet Sapphire who, that's come back. Am I remembering this correctly? Have I read the wrong story? Yes. Yep. No, that's correct. Yep. But you don't need to. You don't need to have read um, the Scarlet Sapphire to pick up on on where it's going. No. Um, one of you guys might take this over a little bit more because yeah, I, did, <laughs> I, I remember reading it and I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I needed to sit down and All right. have a good I'll read go. of it. I made notes. Let's go. Yep. So as you said, we've got our website preview. <laughs> um, we have we have previewed it on the website. And we have not, on purpose, given a lot of it away. Oh, no, I think I we'll try not to give too much away again, um, just because I think there are a lot of people that haven't read it yet. But yeah. we want to touch upon it. So, first of all, the art is amazing. Oh, uh, Savio. Alex. Brilliant. Yeah. Of course it's going to be... Alex is, um, yeah, he's knocked it out of the park. Um, one slight negative, I think, in some panels... Now, it could just be because of the website version, but the colour is slightly muddy in some places. Um, there was also but, one... You know, that's um, a, a face was a bit off in one of the um, pictures as well. What, with the colour? No, nah, no, nah, like one eye... It looked like a Picasso painting. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, like, you know, you've got... you've the One of the things that I like, but that's a slight negative what i liked is the use of the panels like the the large panels the smaller panels um i may mention this in the preview if you're too lazy to read uh the website that uh the script writer and the artist have worked well in the fact that they can have a whole page maybe even two pages of like action but no actual words being spoken and the story flows quite nice but it's not like they've lost any of the story to focus on those action sequences as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, no. And then and then I love the fact that Diana's portrayed the way she is portrayed. You know, that's probably the the one of the biggest positives. And I was talking to Alex about that, and he was very um, uh, very very positive about the way that she was uh, portrayed as well. And I even spoke to David, the writer, about it, and um, who's done a brilliant job with this script. He's uh, This is like his first, you know, full, full foray of The Phantom, and I think he's he's managed and portrayed The Phantom and the characters, including Diana, very well. Um, and so, yeah, so I've, I, think he, I think they've done a very good job with this. Good. Hmm. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I really, you mentioned there about the uh, the large panels, and I've, while you're speaking, I was just sort of flicking through it. There's one page that has got seven panels, but the vast majority have got four, uh, three, four or five panels per page, and so yeah. um, really quite large and expansive. And and 
I agree 100% with the writing. It's um, it's not overwritten by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, the, the, again, typically there's probably three, four dialogue bubbles on each page. Um, so it really is uh, about letting the art tell the story as much as anything else. So, um, which, and it's a good story. It's, it's, yeah. it's an entertaining, entertaining read. So, um, it, it is clearly part of a, se- a series because the, um, it's left on the cliffhanger and what's going to happen next. And, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Now, a question. What do you think are. of the Easter egg? Beg your pardon? What did you guys think of the Easter egg at the beginning of the story and at the uh, end of the story? Seeing as I went through it really quickly, I wasn't looking for Easter eggs, so... uh... (laughs) There's just the one Easter egg, which is very, very... which is the same Easter egg as Alex's last story uh, for Egmont. Oh, is there a certain character on a mug, is there? uh, Well, the same character, yes. Oh, yeah, as he's crashing into the um, apartment. No. Or am I thinking of a different... No, that you actually read the uh, article. You would have actually read the Facebook uh, post. So that's what would have made. No, there's a little Spider-Man. Um, the little boy's wearing a Spider-Man shirt, and um, in in one of the uh, in the what is it, the Six Fingers story, which was oh, what ten issues ago, eight issues ago. Yeah. Um, Alex drew the Spider-Man on a mug with Iron Man and stuff like yeah. that. So. Yeah, just for those. Now, what did you think about the use of the symbol? Uh, I would have preferred the other one. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, again, the traditionalist, blah, blah, blah. Um, so what we talk it's not a spoiler, really, to say that the... Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. No, I reckon we'll leave that one. See, I don't, um, I don't, mind, to... I don't mind the modern symbol. I'm going to call it the modern symbol because... Yeah, well, it's only been around for the last twenty odd years, maybe that one's been used for. Um, and I don't mind it because people might know that people who aren't quite familiar with the comic yeah, version, that's a good point. Might be might be somewhat familiar with that version. Yeah, that's a very good. Are point. we cryptic enough for everyone on that? I yeah. think if you know what, yeah, people, many people will be able to see through exactly what we've said there. Um, but. Yeah. But I think yeah, that's that's actually a very good point, Stephen, and I, and I do take that point in terms of breaking into a new market, um, which obviously these guys are doing in Ireland. I'm I'm reading it through a Australian reader's eyes who have been who's was brought up on, you know, the, the frues where they reprinted the same sixteen Leaf Orc stories every second year sort of thing. So, um, and you wouldn't have had it any other way though, would you? Oh mate, it, beautiful childhood. <laughs> um, so. Because I think we asked we asked you on about this, and he had a response which, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. But I'm interested to see how it plays out in the story. And so I'm more I'm going to do a Steve and like literally just sit on the fence at this stage. Yeah, um, I, I don't hate it. I just would have preferred the yeah. other one. I can see why they've yeah. done it. Um, what Steve says there makes sense. I can live with it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would prefer the other one. Yeah, I yes. do make some good points. Yeah, just ask me. Yeah. That's why you should come on the podcast more often, mate. Well, that's <laughs> right. 
But I thought that was the reason why we don't have him on the podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> <don't make> good <laughs> you can't give too many, can't give people too much of a good thing. So you got to keep them, <laughs> keep them keen. Yeah. Now, uh, we finished be... or we're still going? Still going with lightning uh, strike? No, I got one more thing to say. One more which, note. Um, oh, I don't know about this. Note uh, which I don't even think you guys know about it. I've, uh, this is fresh off the uh, off the press. Uh, hot off the press. Um, we will be. We will put a post up about this. Um, I have had permission to uh, make mention of this. So um, stop. You're so, keeping us guessing for so long. What is it? Okay, so issue one, which was by uh, David and Alex, which is the shadow of the ghost. Issue four is going to be the next part of that, which is going to be part two. Now, the issue two, which is the shadow of a ghost, from the shadow of a ghost, no, which is a standalone. One. Oh yeah, sorry, it's a standalone story by Mike and Allred. So it's a so that's a standalone story, and then issue three is going to be an anthology which is going to be featuring several stories. Um, so while they're not part of the story that we've just reviewed, there's going to be parts which are going to be like part of the overriding arc, if that kind of makes sense. Does that make sense? So they're set in the same universe that Lightning Strikes is establishing, um, yes. but it isn't the next part of the story. Yes. Okay. So we're going like to see. Fiction, we're going to see a different bit of the of the story than the um, chronological next bit. Yeah. So we're going to learn a little bit more about, you know, what Diana is doing. We're going to learn a little bit more about the detective, uh, okay. with the good with the good Irish name. Um, so yeah. So there's so there's just a little bit of interesting uh, stuff and the people that are. are doing it have got like um you know from ireland europe and also the us as well so they're casting a wide net and the good thing about them doing that is that it's basically because a lot of people are not not a lot but you get you get a lot of people that are that follow creative teams rather than actual heroes yeah so when you get them and they're going to go like like for instance one of them is called ron mars uh, he's done Batman, Aliens, mm, DC versus mm. Marvel, Green Lantern. So he's doing um, he's doing issue three. Uh, he's one of the stories in issue three. So uh, you're probably you're probably going to get a lot of people that are um, uh, that are Ron Mars fans, and then they'll pick it up because he did the story, or he was you know part of the story or part of the team. So I think it's a good way of doing it because they're in a very fresh non-traditional <laughs> market and um and you know they got they got a hard they've got a hard um uh gig in front of them and i i like the way that they're thinking about it and they're tackling this and um you know hopefully they pull it off yeah well what i've been enjoying about it and and looking to the future is that they seem to um the, the plan with lightning strike seems to be um to get to pair a experienced phantom person with a new phantom person yes, and uh, so for instance point. on on this one number one that was um the the author was new to the phantom universe but alex saviuk obviously is one of the most experienced um artists out there the next one the author is mike collins who's um obviously the uh moonstone writer and so for, again familiar with the phantom artist um 
Uh, yes, sorry, yes, the artist, um, and Arl Awareness is the uh, is the author. So be interesting to um, be interesting to see how they um, they work with it. I know lots of people didn't necessarily like the Moonstone Phantom, so it'll be a, an interesting test for um, for lightning striking Australia in the Australian audience anyway. Mm. Mm. Okay. So yeah, so we'll put a post about all of that, but uh, I just thought you know. We could uh, maybe break something cool on during the podcast. Excellent. So remind me, what was it was the the creative team for issue four? Oh no no no, the, just the way that it's going to be structured. Issue so, four uh, is David and Alex. Is again. part two uh, okay. okay? Oh, so we've got to wait a long time before part two of this story. Well, hopefully they don't do a Hermes. Yeah, well. Poor <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Moving on, um, Phantom's World number six. Um, Great, here we go. Well, I'm only halfway through Phantom's World number five, so um, stop there. Stop there. (laughs) Okay, so by all accounts, Phantom's World number six isn't um, that much. It's the weakest of them all. The weakest of the Phantom's World. My goodness, that's a big call. Was that another um, (laughs) full full filming issue? Yes. Um, is his art good? Yes. Is his storytelling got something to left to, left to be desired? Yes. Right. Okay. Is it a Phantom story? I don't know. No. No. The <laughs> first not, not... one. No. All oh, right. Well, no. Yeah. Okay. For if you haven't read it, so let's you know let's review it. Let's stop being let's stop being cryptic. This has been out for long enough, so yeah. people that have read it. You know, they're, they're prepared. We're not going to spoil anything. Um, it features the Phantom. Does the Phantom behave in the way that, you know, Lee Fork and even Egmont or Moonstone Herms and all these other guys have portrayed it? No. In my opinion, Filming has stepped over the line. Oh, um, right. And I'm a lot more lenient than some of my esteemed colleagues on this podcast. And for me to say that he stepped over the line shows, kind of shows what it is. Um, yeah. And I've pole vaulted. In my opinion, he stepped over the line so much that I had to do one thing that I you didn't I've burn the comic. Not did you? really. No, no, no. That I've probably I've, I don't think I've ever done. And that was I actually wrote a scathing comment to the publisher that who published it. Oh, um, I to Dudley or did you go to the, or... To Dudley or no, I to went, Glenn? I went to Glenn on this All one. All right. Um, and I said, I'm sorry for doing this, but I think you've stepped over the line with this story. Um, just a couple of points. The art is good. The script is average. Uh, page, the first part, I had a feeling he was going in this direction and I was kind so of should, hoping he wasn't. So Can we you? should say that this is um, part two of a three-part three. story. Yes, we can and confirm that. And, and part one is, is what I've just read in, in Fans World 5, yes. is it? About the Queen Saba. Yes. He gets bitten yes. by the snake and he has a dream. Correct. Yes. Right. And part two is 66 pages long. And you use the word long on purpose. Oh, it, it's, it was a really long read. Then, oh, from, no, I mean, if Germ doesn't like it, you can only imagine how much I don't like it. And, um... I mean, don't hold back now, uh, Dan. Don't hold back. 
Come on, fire up. The, you, the, you get some even... stories that are 66 pages and you you cannot Nothing. put it down and it's a breeze to read, it's a joy to read. Yeah, um, and, and, and I don't like, only... This is all the opposite. And I don't only read Phantom comics, so it's not like... I read this and go, oh, well, this is the only, Jeremy's exactly right. It doesn't behave like the Phantom at all. The only reason you would think that this is a Phantom comic is because he's dressed in the Phantom outfit, and that's it. Yeah. Um, in 66 pages. It's an excuse pages, for him think, to kiss other women. Oh, there's, there's probably 14 different narratives, and it just jumps from one to the next, and you don't really know. Like, if you, if you put it, if you jump from page 20 to page 40, oh. it's a different story. Yeah. Uh, it, it, from a, just from a, a narrative timeline, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, it's just trying to fit so much in. It's almost like, um, an excuse to draw the next thing that he just wants to draw rather than it makes any sort of sense for a plot. Yeah. You make a good point about the story jumping. Like you've got from, you know, like page 32 where, you know, he's 32, 33 where they're there and it's all lardy darty and then, you know, you, I'm, I was thinking, oh, okay, sweet. This is going to be the p- end of part two. Yep. And then it goes into this other part where it's like, and for me, that's where I was like, okay, I'm officially lost on this issue, was when they went underground to the underground um, or the underwater, what do you call it, uh, temple and stuff like that. that mm-hmm. That's where I was completely lost. Yeah, and, and then, like, she comes in and they think she's the goddess of that cult, but within yeah. a panel or two and for no real reason, she they suddenly are going to kill her. Um, it's and just... then you have the Foreign Legion that look like they've stepped out of 19... You know, Lawrence of Arabia, 1912. Yeah. Um, you know, and, yeah, the, the Foreign Legion is still around. I actually Googled that to see if they were still around, <laughs> um, which they are, but... You know, these guys look like I said. They look like they're straight out of 1912, and this is a modern story. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it really is. I I really could not recommend highly enough, Stephen. Do not bother reading it. Um, Ooh, it's wow. it's it it really is yeah. not worth your time. No. It, if I wasn't a completist um, and a subscriber, I don't know that I'd pick up the next Phantoms World off the the newsagent shelf. To be honest, um, you, you said they it, it's the worst of the bunch, and, and I didn't like much of what's come before. To be honest, so uh, there are two other stories in this book, and and if you punch on through the last one, I actually seem yeah. to recall enjoying. But whether that's just because it was the it, end. <laughs> it was, <laughs> and, and it was it, it was actually a phantom story compared to what had come before it. So, so has yeah, Carmen other... written all the other stories as well? No, no. no. The other two but he's drawn the are. Other ones. Yeah, no. The, uh, yes. No, the last one, the Queen of the Apes, is it says art by Senio Pratizi. Oh, okay, good point. Um, the other two are from the nineteen sixties. <laughs> 67 and 69. Yeah, from So Sparta. they do, yeah, they do read like stories from that. And yeah. I think with the fans world, you know you're not going to get a modern classic because, let's face it, a lot of the stuff back then was not classic. Um, and so I never, when I, when I, what I'm excited about this concept of the fans world is seeing some glorious art from the 60s, from the 70s, from around the world that I've got in 
their native language and I'm going to be able to read it in English. Um, you know, there was a bit of a funny story about uh, um, the third story about the title, about what it almost became because of yes. a, 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 um, a translation issue. So that was kind of that was kind of funny. But um, you're not going to. Some of the stories are good, and some of the stories have been rather average. And what I would talking about knowing, fans world overall. Yeah, what I wouldn't mind knowing is what. What is the um, the criteria of picking these stories? Is it because is it that they've been recommended these stories? Is it uh, that they've got the original art of these stories and so they want to they want to do that? Or you know what is the criteria? Because some of the stories have been a bit hit and miss, and some of them have been good. Cool. Rightio. Um, anything else about that? I think we've covered it pretty much. Yeah. Oh, in mate. saying all of that, Phantom's World Special 7, I am actually really looking forward to because we're going to be getting some Brazilian stuff. Um, now, I've got this Operation Brazil in the traditional, um, in the traditional language. I'm actually going to dig that out, I think, and have a bit of a squeeze through it. But... I've, I've seen some of the... Um, Spanish, is it? No, it was Brazilian. It's Brazilian. Brazil. Oh, I thought the uh, I thought the Brazilian spoke Spanish. Oh, See, I, I thought it was no, Portuguese. They speak, yeah. No, they speak Portuguese. Hey. Okay. Um, yeah, obviously, geography wasn't... Your strong suit, Dan. Correct. Thinking no. that uh, Albury was in Victoria. Uh, oh, being burned by Germany, Dan. My goodness. <laughs> um, but no, I'm looking forward to some of this stuff because I've seen some of the Brazilian stuff, seen some of the art. Um, I know a couple of people that have got some original Brazilian art, and some of it is very top notch. So hopefully. Uh, this one will be good. Mm. Look, I, in terms of Phantom's World as a concept, my, I don't, I'm not enjoying the the new stories, the brand new produced for Phantom's World stories. I have an appreciation for the old old ones that they've dug yep. out and uh, and are showing us. Um, I don't necessarily like them, and I'm, and I'm firmly on the record of that. Going back as far as the. Um, the 80th birthday one where we first started to see this sort of concept come out in um, in that special. Um, and so some of them are not great stories or don't translate well, but uh, I'm genuinely, I really am not enjoying the produced for Phantom, Phantom's World stories. If you're going to do it, um, I think, show us what other people have been reading. Don't make up a new one for this, just or, because it's a foreign author. Or have a... Um how can I say this? Have a, a stronger... Um, author. Or, well, maybe get an author, but also mm. have like a stronger, um, like a level of, what do you call it? Like, you know, when Editorial you have to... Um, control. Yeah. So like, for instance, because, you, know, you know, Glenn Ford's been reading comics longer than what we've been mm. alive for. He's, you know, you know he's, he knows his fandom. Um, so, you know, maybe there needs to be a bit of a, a, a stronger uh, editorial control over what gets published or, you yeah. know, or not, because 
I think they've, unfortunately, I think, in my opinion, these should be getting better as they go and not worse. And that one mm. was a, a very big miss. Well, the um, the icing on the cake was that the subscribers managed to get a Phantom's World or Phantom's Universe card of a character that hardly anyone had ever heard of and meant meant a great deal of not much to anybody. So um, even even this little special bonus card that came with the with the, with the comic was um, <laughs> nothing to nothing to get too excited about. So yeah, it, was, well, it was a letdown from start to finish, to be honest. Uh, I have to disagree with that one. And I won't no, go too no, you much would. I knew you would because it's been played over Facebook. But one, this is a guy who, who has, like, yeah, it's an Egmont story. He's only been in two Egmont stories, uh, but just one, isn't it? an Egmont character. No, two Egmont stories, part one and part two. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a technicality. Part two one, part two. That's on the one story. It's just two different parts. Right? Exactly. So would you say that what uh, like Star Wars is just one movie then? If it's like no, 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 no. they're separate movies. Like but <laughs> if you look at the Godfather, it's Godfather, then Godfather Part Two, and Godfather Part Three. But is that it's the one same movie story. or part or three movies? Well, if you it's one story. That's what I just said. It's one story. It might be one story, but is it how many movies is it? You just said that old mate had been in two stories. He's only been in one story. He's been in two issues. <laughs> All right, never mind. Anyway, so <laughs> moving on. So. Moving on, so Giant so, Size 6, are we up to? Hang on, no, no, yeah. I, just want to, I just want to make, no, Dan brought this up, so just let me have, you know, two, you know, one minute of having a reply and then we'll leave go. it there. <laughs> he was the guy who killed the 14th Phantom, which saw the Phantom, as the jungle uh, patrol leader, become unknown. So while... He has an his, important part to play in history. He, yes, he has a very important part to play in history. Uh, Glenn Ford explained it, that there has been a lot of them, and they, they literally lucky dip them. So there are going to be some characters that have played very minor roles, but that was the purpose of these cards. Mm. And we have had uh, a lot of more known characters previously, and this was the first. So and I think, like, and I think that's that will be my um, a point on that, because obviously, you know, we've had this discussion offline, off air, and. Um, I've gone and had a look at Phantoms Wiki and, and what are all of the characters that are in the Phantoms Universe cards that we're getting. And I don't I don't know that it's so random, to be honest, because for us to have got so many familiar characters early, um, you look at what's left and there's not so many familiar characters in the, in the next 40-odd cards coming. There's probably only about another 5 to 10 that people are going to be going, yes, that's a, a familiar character. There's a lot more of these Egmont one-appearance-type one characters Characters yeah, that are, but you've got to remember that's what their purpose was. Yeah. That's what their purpose was. So people need to, if they want to actually jump up and down and stuff like that, they need to know the full story. And that is, you know, I understand the purpose, but I'm the audience. And so I'm responding as the audience member going, well, you can have whatever purpose you want. Um, as an audience member, this is uh, not what I'd hoped for. Would well, you like through to start producing some of their own in the like which they already the, have? I know they've been doing the the Kid Phantom ones, but um, producing some of their own in, in regards to the um the main issue style. Uh, well, I think that's a rather, good idea. I'd much like rather Golden see... Circle, uh, yeah. you know, sort of uh, Mr. Hog, some of these other type of stories, and I think there is room for through to do that. To you know, you don't have to just use Egmont stuff. No, and I think that um, I'd, I'd much rather see a 14th Phantom card than the guy who killed the 14th Phantom card, for instance. Well, so, I'd like to see both. 
one yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. do you do you want twenty one cards of what's essentially the same looking yeah. yeah. Yes, I do. So, so you you have the same artwork, but then you just change. Well, well you change okay. the boots. Well, has changed. <laughs> Mixed up his weapons and his boots. Yeah, I'm changing. I'm just yeah, the, the, the boots have changed. The changed. Yeah, but it'd be good to have some background information on each of the on of each of the phantoms, wouldn't it? Yeah, that yeah. would be cool. Yeah. yeah, and and I think that's something that we can agree on is that. You know, you, you there is room for 21 Phantoms. Heck, there's even probably even room for uh, Defenders of the Earth, Phantom 2040. Um, you know, there's, there's literally hundreds of these cards that they could do. And every so often, there is going to be a character that some people might not know about, but it also could make someone go, oh, this is a character I don't know about. Oh, he was in this issue. I might go read that issue now. I don't have that issue. Oh, I might have to go mm. hunt it out and stuff well, like that. So, you know, if, the, I, if I'm looking, uh, I'm now looking in the Phantom Wiki list of who's there, and Chandra Sykes, Sky Khan, Sky Khan is the is the guy we're talking about. Mm. Rama Singh killed the Phantom's father, the twentieth Phantom. He's not on the list. You know, so just because um, Chandra killed the fourteenth Phantom doesn't mean that he. You know, I'd have preferred to see Rama Singh. That, that if you're going to pick, you know, killers of previous Phantoms. Yeah, but you also got to know that that series was uh, there was um, it stopped halfway through. So you know oh, what you see on that list was not the definitive end list. There were other characters that were going to be done. It was uh, okay. It was you like that, a filler. It doesn't say that in the in the wiki. Yeah, well, wiki doesn't say everything. Um, no, well, I'm just saying I didn't know that. So <laughs> you want to know everything? You can talk to me now. <laughs> No, but but the the you know the, the thing is is that it's it's one it's free it's two it gives you more information about characters some are minor some are major um, you know you're not gonna you know you through aren't gonna win everything um, you know I think if it came with a good issue people probably wouldn't you know discuss oh and it and that was kind of why I brought it up I guess yeah. I was just p- pigeonholing the two together so and and it was <laughs> It was a point of some discussion, so I hope people um, you know, understand why we've taken a little 20-minute diversion talking about a uh, piece of card that came with a really poor comic. Okay, <laughs> so moving on to a, um, a giant size number six. Um, I haven't had a chance to read this one yet, fellas. <laughs> well, it's giant size, and I, I, I got turned off giant size fairly early, and I've tried to get back into it, and I just haven't had the opportunity to get back into it. So... Um, All right, what you need to do is with the giant size... I know, I've got to read the read, Shane Foley stories, I know. Read the Shane Foley <laughs> stories because all of Shane's Foley stuff is building up for something. All right, is he, is, does he get a Guernsey in this issue? He gets a Guernsey in this one. And read the Raven because that's... It's only, yeah. Raven is actually still stands up in today's... The art and story stands up in today's... Um, World. Is there anything to do with Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven? No, you asked that last time as well. Did I? (laughs) You can see where my brain works then. You're a one trick pony. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This has also also got a story written and drawn, a modern story written and drawn by Jerry McPherson as well. Oh, really? Now, yeah. Now, I personally think that giant sizes are actually getting better. Good. Uh, I would agree with that. Now, and I think a lot of it's got to do with the fact that we're not getting just old stories. We're getting a nice blend of 
um, modern character or characters written by modern artists. Like we've got Shane Foley's basically taking Sir Falcon and just running with it and, you know, doing a great story um, on it. Um, so I, I think Giant Size is getting better and I think you probably should pick it up again. Yep. I, I would agree with that. And um, it, to be honest, <laughs> we agree only... on something. Well, to be honest, pop, pop, pop the champagne. Let's have a party. <laughs> Even a uh, a broken clock is right twice a day. Um... <laughs> See, there you go, Dan. You are right occasionally. <laughs> um, I haven't actually read all of this. I only read the Phantom story because um, it's a Phantom podcast, and we don't <laughs> we're not here to talk about the others necessarily. But it, it is even just flicking through it now. I'm like, oh, that that does look interesting. I would like to read that. I'm at, I have been enjoying the Phantom Ranger because I'm a bit of a, a Western fan back in the day as well, and and that sort of thing. So I, I will have to go back and read this one properly. But uh, as far as the Phantom story itself goes, it was only what eight pages. Which yeah. story was it? Was it a old folk a child one, story? Oh, Charlton, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did see that, I think. I think I opened it up. And yeah, the, the Charlton stories are not the strongest. Um, I'm, I'm glad you would uh, concede that immediately. <laughs> the Vapors <laughs> of Balkan is this one. And look, it's not uh, a horrendous story. It's just, um, you know... It, it, a very certainly, average story. There are certainly um, elements of um, of the stories that I've, you've seen in Lee Fork's writing and that sort of thing um, in terms of... Uh, um, you know, a hidden hidden country below a volcano and this sort of stuff. Um, but it's, um, if anything, it's too short to become interesting in, in a sense. Yeah. So. The, the thing that I enjoy most about this story is the use of the diagonal panels. Yeah, for sure. No, that's interesting. Um, yeah. It is and- fanned out across the page, isn't it? Yeah, and then on and then on the what on the third page you've got the horizontal panels, is that right? The, no, the vertical panels. Yeah, no, it does. It, it certainly plays with the uh, the idea of how panels on a page should look. Yeah, and so for me that's the best thing about that story. Yeah. Um, I'll quickly go through all the others just in case people are interested. I'll make like one two points regarding every story. So Raven, I'm still enjoying. <laughs> As I said before, the art and stories still stand up today. Uh, the modern shadow story, uh, I've always liked um, Jeremy's style. It's good to see him get a, uh, a Guernsey as a story. This mm. is kind of more setting up. Guernsey? A Guernsey or a Jersey? A Guernsey. Guernsey? A Jersey, whatever. Um, <laughs> Derby Derby. He's more... <laughs> he had a two, um, combined, you combined two words there. <laughs> He's uh, kind of setting up the whole story with part one and part two, so I'm interested to see where this goes um, with the shadow. So yeah, so I'm interested with that. The vulture, the vampire. You know, it was interesting to kind of see this is a Peter Chapman story. There's a little, you know, uh, who she is, but it was, uh, to be honest, I didn't even finish reading the story. It was very, very average. Um, I would not be bothered if we never see her again. Um, the Phantom Ranger, again, this is done by uh, Felmang or Roy Mann is his pencil in here. The art is good. Um, the storyline kind of suffers a little bit. Um, He's, like, he wasn't the writer, was he, for it? Yeah, he was the writer. Okay. Um, the first the first couple of parts, this is probably the weaker part 
of the previous one or two parts that we've read. Oh, like, okay. at, at the end of the last one, uh, you know, the love interest walks in with her dead dad and then her that's boyfriend. Right. And the way that whole panned out was kind of like, that's not how someone who's rational will react when you see your dad dead by the hand of your boyfriend. You know, that's, for me, that was weak. Um, and then probably what was the weakest part was how this part ended with the whole fight scene. Um, I kind of read it and I went, oh, you've got to be joking. So I hope, hopefully the next part kind of picks up with that one. Now, Sir Falcon, I love the Phantom tie-in. You have to read Sir Falcon just because there's um, so much Phantom in it that, you know, it's he's, he's done a great job with it. I, I enjoy the way he's put the various parts together, how he's kind of created this story to create the legacy, and then they've kind of woven the Phantom in it, and then how the Phantom has kind of helped the Sir Falcon legacy, and then how how the Sir Falcon has kind of helped the Phantom in this part as well. So I'm eagerly awaiting what's next on that, and Shane Foley does put sneak peeks up on social every so often as well. It's interesting so, the way that he um, puts this together too. There's entire pages where there's no borders in terms of, you know, we're just talking about the, yeah. uh, the panel shapes. This is almost a collage or a jam piece rather than a um, page than, 90, 91. Yeah, well, right throughout, there's yeah. um, you know, there's only where was I just looking? Page eighty four, eighty five. There's yeah. not a single panel there. You yeah. Know, so hmm. yeah, so it's a good He's, issue. Um, I should be back into it. Yeah, you need to get back into it. Um, I would, I would probably probably the only one I failed to enjoy was the vampire okay now we should also note that there are a couple of um um pros things pieces, yeah. yeah at the end and kevin patrick who's been on a podcast um gets the chance to to really go through peter chapman's life um and we know that um uh jeremy mcpherson was um something of a, um what's the word student i guess of peter chapman at one stage Yes. Um, what I want to ask you guys about, though, is the, uh, the interview that Glenn Ford has got here with Graham Cliff, who's the author of From Sunbeams to Sunset, which is, a, um, I guess, a, a compilation of um, or, or a discussion about, and, and the subtitle of it here is The Rise and Fall of the Australian Comic Book from 1924 to 1965. Um, that obviously features... Uh, the Phantom and a lot of the fruit characters in it and, and in the collage that's on the cover we see um, Sir Falcon for instance and Catman and a number of the other fruit creations are you guys germ as the most completest of all the completists in this group will you be getting a copy of Sunbeams to Sunset? I would like to but a lot depends on what else I'm buying at, the, at, this, <laughs> at that stage because my funds have significantly shrunk um, there are lots of more the baby. Yeah, I know kids are. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, whose idea was it to have a second one? I do not know. Um, poor Poppy. She'll listen to this one day and she'll go, Dad, do you really mean that? Um, no, yes, I don't, yes, I do. sweetheart. <laughs> um, but no, uh, it, all jokes aside, um, I would like to get it. Um, but, you know, I, it, at the end of the day, it, it depends on on my funds and what else there is out there and and stuff like that. I got offered. I got offered a nice piece today, and it's two hundred dollars. So it's like, Oof. 
that's uh, great. That's going to, you know, put me back a little bit as well. So, you know, let's see. But it looks like a great... I think yeah. it'll be a good. I think it'll be a good thing to pick up, and um, when it's available, we'll we'll definitely. It's let it's know. available for pre-order at the moment. Doesn't list the price on Booktopia, so um, not sure how much of it you're mm. going to be able to afford. But it does say an ideal Christmas gift, so. Um, I'm thinking it'll, it'll probably be, be around fifty to a hundred. It looks like that sort of a book, doesn't it? Yeah. So is yeah. it a coffee table style book? Is it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, moving on. We're ready to move on. Yes. So we're up to the regular through issues now, and there's a number of these to get through, from 1816, the Skeleton Coast, through to 1822, the Stone Carving People. So mm. it's been a while since um, 1816 uh, came out, um, and I've been keeping notes for a long time. Uh, now, Jermaine, I'm glad you've, you've taken up the practice. Having said that, I didn't take notes on the Skeleton Coast, so I'm glad that you put a <laughs> link to the Phantom Wiki so I can remember what one that was. Um, so, um, now, from memory, this is the one where... Is it the old tribe and there being... Um, the mining company has come in? Is this this story? No, I believe that is... Well, um, oh well, it, yeah, no, the no, that, not really. Yeah, I think it, there is a mining company, um, and in terms of tribe, yes, the Phantom has come to uh, this place to see where all of the tribesmen are going and not returning from when they go to work for the mining company. So you might be on the right track. Oh no, I was thinking so, about the remains of the ancestors. No, no. So it's it's a very typical. 70s story which uh, if you've listened to episode 101 you would uh, learn a little bit about the Stevens family about manipulating and stuff like that so it's very typical very cut from the same cloth yeah. of that of big wigs taking advantage of people um, to I be actually honest, felt like it should have been a Stevens family story yeah yeah I was actually I actually had to triple check or double check today when I was like, I read it previously, and oh. I was making some notes today. I was, like, trying to see, are these the Stevens guys that we talked about yeah, before? Yeah. But, but it isn't. I enjoyed the story. Um, I've, just, yeah, I've just clicked on the Phantom Wiki, and I'll see the, I'll see the fruit cover oh. now. I know which one it, we're talking about now. <laughs> That's good. Um, I didn't mind it. It's not, it's not a story that you're going to probably go back and read 40 times in the next 10 years. You might pick it up once or twice in the next 10, 15 years. Um, a couple of things that interest me was I like the art. The giant crabs, I've not ne this, I think this is the first time I've seen the phantom almost devoured by giant crabs. Um, which crabs was something. No, no, they're not, especially with um, their little uh, nippers and stuff like that. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a story that, you know, I don't know. There's not much more to really... You read it, read it was an adventure, and then you moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's probably the best way to describe you know, it. I must have been in just the right mood when I read this, because... Um, <laughs> and and I'll, I'll give a, a shout-out to uh, Norman Worker, the um, author, and George Bess, the um, They're artist. They're a good team. They are a good team, and I really, I really enjoyed this story. I must say, it's one of the better um, Egmonts I've read for a while, and um, I guess '77 uh, was a great year, uh, fantastic year, 1977. 
all the best people were born that year. Um, <laughs> the it, it it had a it had a little bit of everything. It's got um, pirates, it's got slaves, it's got Germans who, are, who had just come out of the war, smugglers. Um, the the bad guys are really really nasty. Um, it, they go on a long adventure. There's a rescue. There's a damsel in distress, but she's not really a damsel in distress. She can carry her own to a point. Um, the fire breathing dragon. Fire breathing dragon. Um, so you know that that pretense at um, at uh, the supernatural, but then that's uncovered to be you know human human. Ex- yeah, explainable. Yeah, exactly. So I I genuinely really enjoyed this story. I thought I thought it was. Um, I thought it was a really entertaining adventure. I probably, you know, I was going to disagree with you as you were talking about, oh, it's, it's just one of those stories. But you're right, I probably won't read it more than 40 times over the next 10 years. But um, it is a story that I will go back and read again, and uh, I quite enjoyed it. Mm. It does have a lot of the fandom elements which you like, which, you know, I can see why Fru have dug it out of the archives mm. and, um, and brought it to us, which I'm glad they did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Something that I've only just noticed, and I'm not sure how long through I've been doing that, but do you remember they used to put, like, little words alongside the M on the title? Like, you know, like the year it was published and stuff like that? On the front page? On the, no, uh, on the cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yes, I do recall them doing that in the past. I, I don't yeah. recall. Yeah. I wonder when that stopped. Well, there's a uh, there's a game for new players. If you're listening to this, go back and uh, find out when when that happened. Yeah. You've got nothing better to do. Uh, I just realised that the, the the story that I was describing earlier, I think that was from a back issue. Because not only have I been listening to old to to back podcasts, <laughs> I've been reading a lot of back issues. So I reckon that one might have been a back issue that I was that I was thinking of. Oh, good. Uh, the next um, through issue we have is 1817 Shadows Over Spyglass um, was and so of course this is an, another story from Egmont um, the author is Klaus Ramirthi artist is John Boyd and the cover artist on this one was Jason Paulos famous for um, uh, Gaslight. Gaslight Venom by Gaslight um, now the the cover is, this is the censor issue the censor yeah, yeah, the yeah. issue before the censoring in it. Yeah, just just before we do jump into it, we oh. you've just mentioned the uh, the cover artist. We didn't talk about the cover of the Skeleton Coast by Shane Foley. Um, thoughts on that one quickly? Well, the front cover's good. I really like the dragon. I'm biased because I've got a uh, I've got the roughs of the um, of this cover. So obviously you like it. So you want it to be you want it to be massively popular so that your roughs are worth more. <laughs> it's funny. It's a funny one because uh, it's uh, the the damsel, if you to put it that way, does look probably a little bit too cartoony. It's certainly not as realistic as as others. But Shane Foley does have that sort of style. Um, uh, but it, it is a very dynamic cover. That said, it's yeah. certainly attention and the colours. With the yeah. fire and the purple and the black. Be, uh, I was thinking as I read through, you know, just getting ready for this and looking again over the, the covers of all the ones we're about to talk about, there seems to be a lot more credit given these days to the colourist. Um, like a yeah. lot of the, the colourists are starting to get their names on the cover under the uh, the signature for the artist and um, a lot more, yeah, as I say, credit 
we're due, I should say, because um, if you look at the Skeleton Coast, for instance, where the flame is lighting up the water and it's green and then blends into the blue in the background, I mean, that's a, a very easy thing to overlook, but it makes a, a pretty cool difference when you actually um, look at the finished product. Oh, the the, the yeah. colourist does that add so much more to the artwork, so um, mm. it could really make or break the artwork no, no matter what the, um, the original yeah, artist has done. And in this case with with, um, with Jason, I, I do like his work, but and for the whole of the cover, I, I, on a whole the, the cover is great. I'm not looking at 1817 now. Um, yeah. But I don't really like the way he's drawn the Phantom on this. Um, everything else looks what, great. The Phantom or the Hunchback of well, Notre Dame? I'm glad you said <laughs> yeah. it, so you, I didn't have to say it. But yeah, I think I, I may have mentioned something about Quasimodo in our own little. Um, Conversations yeah, off there. It's not. It's not his best. It's work. not his um, best phantom. Um, however, I can understand why he's drawn like that. While oh, he's yeah. you know, hunched over fighting and stuff like that, but it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't look. It doesn't look quite right, does it? No. His no. Head's in his chest, it's um, just need to go up a bit, I think. Um, however, the, the rest of the. But the, the artwork busy. does pop. It is very busy. Oh, yeah. and, and and if you look at it as a wraparound cover, um, oh, every that's... everything else is just um, it really captures a mood of of a mm. uh, what is it seven on one um, mob that... fight. Everyone else has mm. got sticks and bats and all the rest of it. Um, I'd be hunched over trying to protect my head too, I suppose, if I was getting <laughs> smashed like uh, the Phantom is in this instance. Yeah, so. that's actually what I've written here. The wraparound cover depicts a high-energy action scene, which looks awesome. However, the Phantom looks like the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I reckon in this story, the Phantom, he's kind of like a detective Batman in this, from from memory. He's um, doing a fair bit of detective work. Um, the art is yes. uh, dark but and very detailed. Um, the villain, the villains. I've written siblings. Which, I can't remember it. Which is very typical of uh, Jean Boy, um, yeah. his work, isn't it? Um, dark and detailed. Yeah. Um, got a couple of siblings for the villains of the week: the sister and brother, with the sister being a bit stronger. Um, but yeah, there are a couple of nerd, and there's a couple of other nerdy worlds. I can't remember the story, so I can't can't go on more. But my notes say this is a story that would have benefited from being a few extra pages longer. The unveiling, of, yep. the unveiling of the bad guy's scheme was pretty much wrapped up in a couple of panels. There was no sense of urgency. Phantom got out of the problem pretty easily. Needed more room to flesh out the story. That was my notes on this one. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, it, it just felt rushed. The whole storyline felt rushed. And, and coming on the back of a, uh, a full-length 1977 story... Um, then you get this 2018 truncated version, and we all know the commercial reasons why um, Egmonts these days are only 22 pages long, the stories. But, uh, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I feel like um, uh, being able to flesh out the plot and get an extra couple of um, what, three, four, five pages into this story would have um, would have benefited greatly. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, kind of, it's, it, it's a hard one to say because there's been some stories where we wish, oh, I wish they'd cut those down. They really didn't need them and the 20-something page has worked, whereas this one really needed those extra pages. Well, yeah, yeah and I, I, think it, I think there needs to be some flexibility by the editor. Uh, yeah. or whoever makes this decision where it's like, okay, this has got potential, uh, but it kind of needs an extra page or two to, 
you know, to flesh it out a little bit. So, so there obviously there is obviously that flexibility in Australia well, no, with fruit, for instance, well, like Skeleton Coast is forty four pages, Shadows Over Spy Class is thirty six. So does does Egmont not have that flexibility to let's do an, well, an extra eight pages this issue, etc. Well, no, they do. They have uh, it's like fifty to a hundred odd pages each. You know, the individual issues. Oh, uh, it comes okay. down to more. It comes down to more the, from a financial point of view. So what I'm saying is, if there's if the story's good enough and the story needs it, there, there should, in my opinion, there should be that flexibility where the editorial people can come back and say, look, you know, I'll can we get another two pages out of this? Whether it's you know, and I don't, you know, I don't know how it's going to be done. I'm not an editorial type of person. Maybe that will be a good person Editor, to get right? on. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe it'll be a good that. person to, uh, you know, a good a good podcast to, down the track yeah, is to get it would get be. someone who has done um, editorial work. Um, but you know, and I'm not so I'm not sure how this would happen. But I, I agree with you guys that you know they they. Should have been some flexibility with a couple of page, a uh, couple of yeah. extra pages. Yeah. Now, with now this was the sense, the sensor, uh, you know, this issue uh, with both oh, stories. Oh, that was the we one we'll where upon, um, Dudley yeah, talked we'll, about the sensor. Yeah. Now we will touch upon the. Um, the oh, is that uh, in the, the that, this one yeah. was edited rather than censored? It was just in the in the guy's language. Is this what you're talking about? Well, if you just let me finish. Um, <laughs> so there's two stories in this. So there, um, what was I going to say? Now, we will talk about Heart of Darkness at the end, and we'll discuss them all together at once. So in this first story, the words were changed, and in the Heart of Darkness, it was censored. What's What I find interesting at the start is um, they missed the boob on the, on the first page. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where they covered up the boobs in the Heart of Darkness stories. Um, I, in my opinion, the decision to change the reason why the kids were kidnapped was probably a smart decision, and I don't see why we needed it to be what it originally was for the story. You know, it didn't make or break the story, and... I would have. I, I think it's the same thing, except it used better language or more. Um, probably PC language is, is a word, but it didn't affect the story. You still knew that um, bad things were happening, and um, I thought it was a fine decision, a fine editorial decision to make by an editorial person. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah, no, I do too. And there was a bit of uh, you. You put a, a post up on this. Um, on the website germ and and through the socials and there's a bit of banter back and forth about it um we we've talked about editing a lot more tonight than we usually do i think but i think this was a really good editorial decision to to make it more um appropriate for an australian audience and and i think uh, at the heart of a lot of what we talk about is that there are definitely cultural differences between sweden and australia and a lot of the people who uh, were jumping up and down and saying, no, you can't edit the or, or censor the author's original intent were Swedish people um, who have a lot more, um, just, just seem to be a lot more, uh, I guess, liberal in the way that they educate their kids and, and are prepared to talk about this sort of stuff with 
um, uh, younger people earlier. And, and for, for those who can't remember or, or don't know, um, basically the story in Shadows Over Spyglass is about kids who are getting kidnapped and sold into slavery um, as far as... Uh, uh, the, the Australian, the Australian version goes. The original version had them getting sold into sex slavery. Um, so obviously Dudley and the team have made the decision to edit out that, that pretty crucial word, which makes it a very big difference, obviously. Um, but, and I think, uh, in one of the, um, Phantom Forum letters in one of the later episodes, uh, later issues that we're, we're talking about tonight, we're not going through the Phantom Forums, but, um, someone makes the point that, uh, um, it, it, it is, it's still horrific without needing to go into sex slavery and we, we've talked about it tonight. We want to be able to give these Phantom Comics to our nephews and to our, our grandkids um, without worrying about what they're going to read and, and Dudley, by his own admission, um, the story that featured the gang rape of the girl in college, which one was that? Oh, the Ivy League one, is that the right one? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, I think if he had his time again, there's no way he'd publish that story, or he certainly would have edited that scene somehow. So, um, and and I think rightfully so. Um, that, that was quite confronting for an Australian audience, and particularly mm. for for us who are used to being able to share this stuff with our kids pretty freely, and don't have the same, uh, I guess, cultural understandings or, or expectations or, or norms as uh, our Scandinavian counterparts. Yeah, I, I, now... I think the language he used was was. Um, good, but like it's it's still implied that these things were going to happen. It just wasn't as explicit. Mm. Well, not really, because in here it's talking about that there it's a holding point for kidnapping. In the original, it talks about that you know that they are that that's where they're getting uh, abused. So right. you know it, it's a different so a you know it, it is it is different. But, you know, it's a smarter decision. That was actually Shane Foley who wrote that letter in as well. Yeah, um, I thought it might have been. Yeah. Um, as soon as... Because he used a lot of the same terminology, because I also talked to Shane Foley about it, so I'm just going, oh, yeah, I know all this terminology. But what I'm interested in, and I would love to get an opinion on this, whether someone's listening to this from the Scandinavian uh, area whether you're from Norway, Sweden, or, or whatever. Now, is it a cultural thing? Is it a, or is it something else? Like, for instance, because uh, I'm interested to know whether the whole, the whole being so anti against censor, censorship, whether it is actually a cultural thing, or whether like there's a history, you know, back in the day, whether it's 20, 30 years ago, where, you know where something was censored and there was a big outcry or, or something like that, because that would be interesting to know, because I've had mm-hmm. this discussion about, you know, censorship and stuff like that with other, with you know, with people, and, you know, the outrage that we saw has, has always been there. Whenever something's been edited or censored, there's always been that, that outcry. So I, I would love to actually know where that outcry has come from. Mm. Um, so, I, I do think that there are genuinely social norms that are different in um, yeah. in, in our two cultures, and and yeah. there it is. It's a fine line. One man's, one man's yeah, oh, of course. Um, one man's editing is another man's censorship, and they both are such loaded terms. And mm. uh, uh, and, and I do but, think that Fru, as the Australian publisher, are entitled to um, make those sorts of changes to a story if they think it's going to yep. better appeal to their audience. Yep, and I have not met, I think there was maybe one or two Australians in the discussion that were actually upset over the 
the editing changes or the censorship changes. Yeah. So I think, and you know, and I'm not, you know, that's a very small market. So I'm not sure yeah. what whether Dudley's, you know, what what Dudley has received, but from what the small, you know, what 50 to 100 people that we've seen that have, um, you know, one or two of those were upset or everyone else was like, yeah, no, I think that was a good decision. I think that speaks volumes that whoever made the decision made the right choice from yep. an Australian point of view. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Moving on. Oh, excuse me. Moving on. Yep. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had uh, a drink of water. I shouldn't have had a drink of water. I didn't. But I know. I'll 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 plough through, and um, there goes the Bill Lorry. What? Okay. 1818 is the replica edition, and in this issue we're counting down. We've got Madcap Miriam, uh, the imaginary playmate, the great Ajax, and the betrothal all by Lee Falk and Wilson McCoy um, all presented in their original form from what 1959 is it? Oh, well not original form oh, you know, 53, 53, 52 and 53 you get the idea and, um, original free rep, uh, sorry 59 right, yep. yeah. um, I don't know I didn't I haven't opened the book so I'm just going off Phantom Wiki <laughs> on this one anything now, else about this? I've got two things. Yep. One, I think it might be time we change the cover. Oh, well, we're only up to number 16. I, was, I thought they might change it on 20, because aren't they yeah. doing every 10? I think so, because they, we had the same cover for the first 10, and I think it might be this cover for the next 10. That's my guess. Yeah, yeah that's makes what sense. I was thinking too. Now, what's actually interesting is if you um, go through... Pay, uh, so if you go through the second issue just for those who, who are, you know, might find this interesting. On the second issue, which is 153, you've got uh, three, you know, three vertical um, strips. And then on the next one, which is also a daily story, as is 153, uh, the newspaper strips uh, fall to a page. So if you actually look at the uh, Great Ajax, which is 153, if you... Uh, have a look at the panels. The panels have actually been extended uh, horrors, uh, no, vertically. Um, so, like the the height of these have been extended. Um, so it's just so that meant that someone had to go and physically redraw all these panels. You know, redraw them all in and stuff like that. So, rather, that's a lot of uh, a lot of work to do something like that. That's just yeah, something. it really is because obviously we don't. They weren't scanning it and then just stretching it on Photoshop or, or anything mm. like that. It was uh, all done by Photostat and, and hand yep. back in the day. So. Yep. Well, I um, you've already talked about this episode, uh, this issue more than I thought you would, Germ, and I'm happy to to keep going. Um, I do love these stories um, and uh, all the rest of it, but um, we're trying to keep this podcast short, so. Um, We'll come back to this one another day. Okay. Number 1819 uh, is the Red Zone. Oh, sorry, not the Red Zone. It's just Red Zone. Um, I did put a, a, a bit of some notes on this one. Um, so the author of this one is David Bishop, I believe, uh, is a New Zealander. Am I correct yes. in that one? Yep. Um, yes, and so we got an set... article on it mm. on the website. Yep. 
with, um, and of course the story is set in New Zealand. The artist is Rafael Ruiz, and the cover artist in this one was Jamie Johnson, and we were privy enough to, to see a lot of his um, uh, work before this actually got published. And when um, did this one make it to that Tumblr where he compared it to the, the Rocks poster? And you can poo-poo that because yeah. we know this was out. Bef- he was working on this before the Rock came out, and we actually suggested. I don't think it's yeah. <laughs> anyway. I don't think it's made it on that Tumblr page yet. Oh, hasn't it? I'm sure it will. He'll listen to us. Oh, I better go put that on. Those the fellas said it. Well, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, on the on the cover, I really, uh, I think, um, being privy to the process too, because uh, we were lucky enough, as as you've said there, for Jamie to show us. Um, as this was developing, it was just amazing um, to see the amount of work that goes into it, the amount of consideration that goes into it. And you, you look at some of the... Um, yeah, I, I think we uh, may, may be starting to take for granted when we talk about our hunchback and all the rest of it. We, we may be taking for granted, I think, how much better the covers are now than they were 10 years ago. Not just 10, yeah, it was here only a couple of years ago. Yeah. I was thinking that so, today when um, I read the um, the latest, the, the 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 newest issue, and I saw the cover on that. Thought, My goodness, this is fantastic! Yeah, yeah, and um, and unfortunately, at the time um, that this came out, Jamie was talking about this being his last Phantom um, work for a while, or last Phantom cover for a while. Um, so I, ho- I hope that we do see him again soon. I know that he's busy with other commissions and all that sort of stuff soon. So I hope that his uh, schedule clears at some point and he's able to to get back on board with this. But um, the amount of work into this, and again the colours um, by Thomas Mason. Oh no, hang on, he did I the colours himself, the himself on this one, didn't he? Yeah. You're right, he did too. Um, it, and just seeing those develop as well. I mean, it's it's a stunning piece of artwork. It really is. And I don't think Phantom Wiki t- shows you the back cover, but the back cover of this no. is um, is awesome as well. Could really have um, could have worked as a front cover as well. Yeah, I like the front cover. I think the front cover is better just because it's like a different pose. It's um, you know it's very cliffhanger almost style. Um, yeah. And I, so, I like that. I like that both images have been inspired by stuff that's in the comic, but not. Um, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I've actually written that on my notes. Yeah, the images inspired by scenes in the comic, but aren't lifted directly from it. Yeah. Now, oh, my goodness, we the cover, cover the good points. Good on you, Dan. <laughs> on the cover, look right at the top under the word "red zone." Can you almost see like there was something else written written there? Like, oh no, I'm in the dark. Next to the D, between the D and the Z, there's almost like well, like a black W. And then after the E in red zone, there's almost like two S's. Oh, yeah. Yep. And there might be something just before the, uh, the R. The R as well. The one is maybe an N or something. So I'm not sure what happened there, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, interesting. Well, I'm in the dark here in the car. The, the garage light's <laughs> off. I don't know if that made it to the actual podcast, but I'm only going by the light of the computer screen, so I can't actually see my you, comic but, can I, but that's why I'm using Phantom Wiki do you do your best work in the do dark do my best work in the dark <laughs> oh, I don't know about that so what do we think of the story the story hang on I've got to go back to my notes now I loved it I really enjoyed it um, I loved and I loved the fact that oh, there was a New Zealand lingo in there but and I was waiting for the choice bro I was you know like I was flicking like I read it and I'm 
read it towards the end, and I read it, and I'm going, I didn't see a choice, bro. So I'm rereading it, looking for a choice, bro, and there wasn't one there. I reckon there was definitely <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, there, there could have been a, a place where David could have slipped a choice, bro. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the story. I didn't write any notes there, but um, I liked the, the the artwork, modern clean lines, like a savvy look. I mm. didn't recognise Diana at first with her really short hair. She looked yeah, like she just really stepped straight out of the hair. 80s. Um, but the artwork well, that came make with the... Um, do you remember the Daily story oh, yeah, uh, that's where from. she had her um, hair chopped off? Yeah. When yeah. she was in that grave That lands. was ages ago now. No one, 15 they, years yeah. ago. Yeah, they've, they've, um, it wasn't 15 years ago. They've grown it again. That's, it yeah, it's not 15. 15 years ago. <laughs> so um, Egmont, Egmont, for a period of time, uh, oh, yeah, actually the short did hair, Diana yeah. with short hair as well. So I think that's where it's come from. Well, I but thought then, this was a modern one by now. Yeah, it is a modern one, yeah. but... Uh, I think it's time that they go back to Diana's longer hair. I, I prefer yeah. Diana. I prefer my girls with longer hair. Nine years ago it was. I've just looked it up. No. Really? So, that yes, long? I'm... Nine years? Yeah. 2009, yeah. oh, yeah. It's all right. Exaggerate it for the, for the purpose of, of uh, dramatic effect. Exactly. Yeah. And it worked. It's it, it got you biting. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, um, the villains, or the villains for, uh, for this issue, I, I have a, with my um, with the notes, I say, are they are new or a return? I say, are they evil? Are they conflicted? And all this type of different thing. Um, so I'll, they're in the new and return slash um, box for, for both both titles there. It's like a variation on an old theme, the Marshall Sisters. A, a the fun, Marshall Sisters, yeah. The fun group, um, and we could be seeing more of them. Um, uh, the way, oh, the I way hope the, so. The way it, um, it ended, and yeah, I'd like to see uh, their characters explored further. Um, so, you know, it refers to the to uh, it was a folk group, wasn't it? The Marshall Sisters. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of, yeah, his, best, should, one of his better creations. Yeah, it's some sort of relation. Are, are they the sisters of the of the sisters? Are they cousins? You know the. Well, it's not made clear, is it? I mean, they, no, you, no. you could look at it and then go that they could be, well, uh, you follow timelines, they could be daughters or granddaughters, but then it's the, still the same Phantom, the 21st Phantom, so that wouldn't make sense. And um, yeah. it's, it is left up in the air, isn't it? So, But yeah. I like it like that. So do I. I yeah, I do well. too. I do too. Yeah, I like the, the you know ambiguous nature of it where you're not sure... You know whether they've just taken the name because something's happened or, or, or whatever. There's definitely a couple. There's definitely room for David Bishop and and uh, Team Phantom Men to uh, explore these ladies uh, again, <laughs> and I hope they do. Can we just edit that as a soundbite? I'm sure that doesn't sound creepy at all. <laughs> explore these ladies, Adrian. And it was the emphasis that he put on it too, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like the I like the action pages as well when he's when he's uh, battling the ladies from like you know like page thirteen onwards. So he's, you know he's battling three of them. Then there's the earthquake and the building falling down and um, you know there's all of these you know things that the Phantom is is going against, which you know it goes for six pages. I think is um yeah it's it's a great um. It's a great little story. I also think that this was a right number of pages. You know, earlier on we talked about that they could have done with could have done with more stories. I think with this number it, of pages, it felt right, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, it felt right. It could have gone for longer, but it felt right. And I think that's what you know we were talking about. How you know they the editor needs to have 
provide some flexibility in this type of story. It's like, yeah, that works. But in the other one, you know, it could have been done a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but I, no, uh, I, I was really happy with this. I'm glad yeah. we finally got the story. Yeah, I, I was too. I really liked, um, in terms of the artwork, I really enjoyed Ruiz's vehicles. I mean, that's a that's a bizarre thing to say. But mm. um, he really he seems to have taken a lot of time to get the vehicles precise and right, and, and the architecture as well. Um, yeah. And I also really enjoyed his variation of, I guess, camera angles and camera yeah. distances as well. Um, he zoomed out and, and, and quite a lot of long shots. I'm looking particularly at page yeah. 10 and 11 at the moment, so the top of page 10 top left of page 11 um just uh, just that that long shot again and i really yeah. really liked that variation um and with the shadows like the yeah. first panel on 10 where it's the the silhouette and then yes. also on 11 where you've got the phantom jumping yes. and stuff like that as well there's you know there's the good and this yep. works good in black and white and in color it looks good as well and in my opinion that's a sign of a good artist when yeah. When the art looks just as good. In okay, colour, so in um, colour, you've, you've seen this in colour. Then does the uh, the glass with ice in it that the Phantom is drinking on page eleven? Does that look like milk in colour? Because uh, it, it, geez, it, better, it better be water. <laughs> let me uh, let me try and dig it out. Eh? Give me a second. We'll, <laughs> okay. we'll dig it out. All right. Well, I'm not sure if James can hear me while we while he is digging it out, but. Um, I, I thought it was interesting, Steve, that we've got the Phantom actually involved in a physical fight with three women. And um, at, at one stage, I'm not, I wasn't real comfortable with the idea of here's the Phantom beating up on some women. Um, but on the other hand, there is a bit of uh, obviously gender equality to the fact that if you're a bad guy, you're going to get a kick in the ribs and you're going to get right. your head cleaned up against a brick wall. Um, and you just earn it if you're a roughneck. Well, you, you've got a point there. Um, sounds like Jermaine's back. You can't really tell, but it definitely looks like a carton of milk. Okay, all right. It's, it doesn't I, really, it's, I don't know, yeah. We'll say it's I milk can, and move on. Yeah, you can't okay. tell that it's milk or, or whether it's something else. <laughs> all, right, all right, cool. So um, we've enjoyed this story? Yep, two, yeah, two really more little points. It. Oh, yep, there two more little one, points, yep. Yeah, there's one for the author and one for the artist. Uh, for the author, just a bit of a plot hole there at the end. I really liked, I actually genuinely liked the fact that when the Phantom got his hand stomped on, he said, that's broken. Um, my hand is now broken. Um, I, I can't, I can't even find what page it is now. Uh, page 19, I think. Yep. Um, I'll never survive falling from here and with one hand broken, I can't climb back up either. Um, and from that point on, yes, he does favour that hand, but uh, even at the end, it's not the cast or anything. It's um, his hand seems to have healed itself. So um, anyway, one little one little hole. I loved the fact, and I think this is what tipped me over to just going from I like the Marshall sisters to I love the Marshall sisters. We've got to get these girls back. Um, was the fact that the two of them snuck back and pretended to be um, paramedics to <laughs> yeah. to get their injured sister away. I thought that was really, really good. So that's my second of two. But my third of two points, and this is the one for the artist. <laughs> I really liked the touch, and it's most predominant on the very first page, but I did see it somewhere else as well. When the Phantom's falling, you actually get to see under his boot. And on page three, um, which is the first page, um, 
He's got a little, a little skull, mark, skull mark. Little skull mark triangle underneath the boot. So it's phantom <laughs> Brandon boots as well. Really enjoyed that. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think I think it's great. Um, and David Bishop's done. He's done some good some good fan stories. He did uh, the Kate Somerset saga. Mm. Um, oh, I really and, enjoy those. That's some of the back issues I've been reading lately, and I do like so, the, um, the Kate Somerset. Yeah, stuff. he'll be, he'll be one that um, I reckon we'll have to get onto the podcast again. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so eighteen twenty is the is Fru's seventieth anniversary issue. Um, well, <laughs> what a big one! And I think when we did talk about seventh anniversary just the other day, um, or it feels like the other day, it was probably a while ago now. Um, so this one has four stories, two um, classic Falcon Barrys and two uh, sequels. So uh, the first story is The Reef, which of course is by Falcon Barry, and the sequel to that is Legacy of the Reef by um, Australian team Christopher Sequeira. Um, and then, but these guys aren't Australian. Barry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not Australian. <laughs> North Australian. <laughs> no. Um, we'll say we'll through creative team. We'll, we'll say through creative team rather than an Australian yes. creative team. Um, Massimo Gambari. And on the wiki it says Luca uh, Georgie as well. I thought it was uh, yeah. I think he might be the inks. Yeah, he's yeah. the inker. Okay. Yeah. Um, then we have The Hijackers um, by Falcon Barry. And the Yacht Thieves are uh, written and illustrated by Angelo Todaro, who featured in a Phantoms World showcase. Yes. Isn't that right? yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, showcase a little while ago, which um, which was good. I, like I remember that that showcase being a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Um, so the Reef and the Hijackers, um, are, well, they're the, the traditional stories which everyone. Um, have probably read a couple of times. Um, so, what do you reckon? We'll just f- focus on the, the new one. I think we'll do. I think we'll we'll do the stories. We'll touch on the stories. We've already talked about the cover, the um, uh, the editorial pieces and stuff like that. So I think we'll just do the stories. Mm. Um, so we'll go. You know, the reef. Talk about it. Then we'll go to just, the reef sequel. And my only question about the cover is: Did either of you guys get the signature series? No. Uh, it's a very good point. It sold out very quickly. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, no, a lot I'm, of disappointed people on that one. Never been more delighted to be a Signature Series subscriber <laughs> uh, than, than when this one arrived in the mail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good on you. Well done. <laughs> it's worth the extra $400 per year or whatever just to get this <laughs> one comic and my second set of uh, file cards. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So the reef. Yeah. Well, well my only notes here. Yeah. The, the the stories are classics. Um. But so if you want to talk about the reef a bit more, go for it. But don't go for too long. Cyberry's work. <laughs> work is great. This is probably, in my opinion, the reef. Uh, the mysterious ambassador, slave market America. That's his. You know, when he was at his peak. You know, he was new to it, so there was probably a little bit more effort put into it. Um. I like the story. Okay. What about the yep. print quality is good as well. No, 100%. I'd agree with everything Jermaine's just said there. This is this is right in the sweet spot of um, of Cy Barry um, knocking it out of the park. So many of these um, panels are just classic panels. Yeah. He's got a. I know I'm, I, I have been 
a bit critical recently of, of Felmang and his depiction of um, uh, overtly sexy women, I suppose. And, and we do have Diana here in a bikini a number of times, but it's... Uh, she's uh, basically the whole story in a bikini. Well, she's a scuba diving and uh, wearing tight sweaters and that sort of thing. So, oh, but it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Why go scuba diving in a uh, in a wetsuit? Yeah, exactly. Well, tropical waters. Um, yeah. But uh, but the bad guy is also like a really ugly looking, swarthy he knows bad. A bad guy. He looks like right, a slimy so we talk person. About the, um, <laughs> should we talk about the reef sequel then? I just thought that was okay. I, um, it was a while since I've read that, and um, all I said was it was okay. I didn't think it was as good as the um, the original, I don't think. Yeah, I like the insight and the focus on the Phantom's doubts and like learning about how his mind is going before and after the story and stuff like that from the writing point of view. The art speaks for itself. Um, but didn't really, in my opinion, it didn't really read as a sequel to the original story. So... Yeah, I, I probably felt like that halfway through the story. Um, yeah. And probably halfway through the story, I was thinking, oh, this is, this is good, but I'm not sure. By the time I finished, I loved it. Um, I, thought okay. that, I thought that the way that um, um, Morgan Ray came back and he still is that nasty-looking, obviously swarthy bloke, and all the rest of it. Uh, they talked about Doctor Kirk and the murder, and um, I, I think that the, the the further I got into this, the more I liked it. And and um, I've only read it the the twice so far, but this is one that I'm going to come back and read a number of times. I think I, it, when I was halfway through, I was like, oh. There's a lot of um, dialogue here. I talked in the Lightning Strikes review about how there's only two or three, you know, three or four um, dialogue bubbles per page. There's a lot more than that here. And, yeah, um, it's a deeper uh, read. It's a much deeper read. And at one point I thought it was too deep, but maybe that was just setting me up for down the track. Yeah, um, yeah. And the payoff was good. I really liked the, um, the, uh, the end where... There's the there's the the conflict of could I have done more? Um, yeah. I've utterly failed. There's there's some success, but was it worth it? My my um, the legend of the Phantom actually inspired the guy to go and do the things that he did in the way that he did it. Um, uh, I think it's um I think it was really really good in the end. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like a Phantom who saw himself though. Yeah, but I think. I think there's there's definitely there is room for the Phantom oh, yeah. to be doubting himself every so often, and um, and I like the fact that um, uh, Chris the writer explored that. Um, um, for me, it was yeah. This is probably a question I'm going to ask at the end of we review all the type of comics. So I won't ask it now, but yeah, I I don't know. It it right. didn't really. Um, I don't know. It didn't, didn't grab catch me. As well. right. No. So, the next well, story... Well, go back, go back and read it again. Read it another time. No, I have actually <laughs> read it. I read it again today. I didn't read that one again today. And when you say Massimo's art speaks for himself, speaks for itself, it does. It, what it says is bloody fantastic. He's a, he is <laughs> yeah. an excellent phantom artist. Yes. I yeah, love what absolutely. he's doing. And I think he's... His back like, cover was seen, great, This too. is the second... Yes, um, This is the second story... 
we've seen him now do because he did the um, what was it? The Planet Man. Yeah, he did the Planet Man in the last fan as well, which I think was good. But I think this goes to the next level, and I reckon you know probably by in another year or two, I think after he's done a couple more stories and stuff like that, I think we'll even go to another level as well. And oh, that's I'm what I'm probably about excited about is that when he goes to that other level, like you know when he's had a you know a couple of Phantom issues you know, in his belt and, you know, like we see it in, in football players and stuff when they get the 50 games under their belt and stuff like that, they become stars. Yeah, and, it, it, interesting, um, though, because you only just said about Cy Barry that it was when he was first starting that that's when he really paid uh, great attention and, and then yeah. he just slacked off, so... Yeah. Um, but, the, yeah, I, I, I just think, I just think <laughs> that... He's I, ignoring that comment. You know, I think, I think Massimo's <laughs> got another level to go to. And that's what I'm excited about because he's already at a very good level already. He's great. Yeah. Um, the the whole the whole psychedelic jumble jumby type of thing. Uh, I think that's probably where I was a little bit lost. Yeah. Um, okay. That's probably what kind of lost me, and then you know um, I don't know. Oh yeah. Well, let's move on to the hijackers. Um, so. Of course, that's the the original Falk Barry story, where we have the planes going into, is it the Misty Mountains or a certain kingdom up there? Yes. And um, and then they try to, what was it? Is it word blackmail or extort or something? Hijackers, yeah. yeah. So basically, they um, yeah, hijack the all the planes and then they um, try to sell them back to them. Yeah, ransom the money. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And which is a fun story. Like I reckon the, the sequel to this really, um, it, to me, it felt like another newspaper strip. It, it suited yep. the, it suited the tone, it suited the mood, it suited the style very very well. Like it's obviously yep. um, a modern take because it's got the big panels. I think for um, yes. from memory there was like big four panel pages, so it's not um, small daily pages. But it to me it really read like the the strip. It, it read a, like a folk story. It, it was a true sequel. Yeah, that's the type of that's what um, that was probably after reading this issue. The one question I had was, what is the um, the brief that the creator teams get when they're doing sequel stories to the Lee Fork classics? Is it is it to follow in the Lee Fork style and if that's the case I think uh, the second story did that better than the first sequel story mm. um, but uh, but that's that's the question I have is what is the brief is it to follow in the style with the artwork with the with the the writing style and, and, and the fork forkisms or is it to do you know just to kind of like a, a sequel with the same characters or a follow-on from that story and you kind of do your own mm. thing. That, that, um, that's a really good question and, and one we, I, I think, will explore more when we talk about the trade paperback next podcast. But mm. um, I, I agree with everything you've said there. I think that the second story does... Um, well, it, it's almost it's almost a repeat of the first story um, yeah. and, 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 and is a genuine sequel in, in that sense. Um, I love the the folklore that comes out like the uh, double rainbow for yeah. instance uh, yeah I, 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 I had a good little chuckle at that because I've, I've just read even the, though uh, it's a bit of a 
it's a bit of a mix-up because the it original is. saying was that you know the fans will come to destroy Gilliquay at when the second rainbow comes. But yeah. I love the yeah, fact that there was that forkism. That forkism was there, which which is what I like. Yeah. yeah. And, and and to be fair, like um, when the Phantom comes to Gilliki, there'll be a to destroy Gilliki, there'll be a rainbow in a double rainbow in the sky. That's a very specific old jungle saying. Um, I, I think adapting it here by taking out the particular place name is probably um, is it probably appropriate. Well. Yeah. I think it works well. Um, so I, I think probably the first sequel is probably a better, more in depth story because the writer is in. You know, in in my opinion, is a better writer than Angelina Todera. But I think the second story, The Yacht Thieves, is a better Lee Fork style story. I think that's very fair to say. Um, and so, in terms of probably the second story is more what I expected, and to be fair, probably yeah. more like what I had hoped. I think. Yeah. From the sequels, I, I had certainly hoped that they'd find artists who would try very hard to mimic the style yep. of the original artist and that the sequels would be um, very much in the fork style. Um, but Which I think we got in the trade paperback, especially with the uh, uh, Peter Anderson and Shane Foley story. Yeah, and we'll talk about that more yep. on another podcast. But uh, had that said... <laughs> of these two stories, the one that I'm going to go back and read a number of times is the, the, the Reef, Reef sequel, sequel. The, yes. the uh, Legacy of the Reef. It, it, yes. Uh, yeah. It's, so that That's where I'll... Because yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Reef sequel is a better story. Um, but maybe I'm, maybe we're misreading what the brief was, and that's why, that's why I'm asking. I wonder what the brief yeah. is. Yeah. Because... You, you know, I, I agree with everything you're saying. The Reese sequel is a better story, um, but the the Yacht Thieves is is more of a fork style story. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But overall, I think it was a good 70th anniversary issue put out by Fru. Do we all agree on that one? Yep. Yes. Yep. It's good and to see some uh, Barry and Fork stories in a regular yes. through issue. And of course, yeah. there's the interview at the end, and we covered that back in a in our hundredth podcast. Oh, don't well. raise that, Dan. Still, still, <laughs> still upset about that one. Oh, yeah. But moving on Greg quickly because I'm, I'm looking at the I'm <laughs> yes, looking at the time. Please, please. Time to move on. All right. So issue number number eighteen twenty one, which is Snake in Paradise. Um, author by Ramurthy, artist of Spadari. Cover artist Jerry McPherson with the colour done by Mason, who um, was often used by Jamie Johnson. Um, the cover, uh, it's not a wraparound, it's got a front and back, um, which I, th- and I thought they were very good. They depict different views of scenes happening in the story. The back cover I thought was particularly dynamic, but it's better as a back cover because there was no phantom on it in my... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I thought it was a good back cover. Um, I really liked the way the leaves and the shadows and stuff were done on that. Um, yeah. My notes on this, well, we've got a new villain. Now, this story seemed very similar to a Sunday story, I remember, from a couple of years ago that also included some scouts and, and poachers. Um, I'm pretty sure it included poachers. It definitely included scouts. Um, and I was looking out... Now, there was a panel in that Sunday story where it's got the phantom in, a, you know, in the crosshairs, like through the telescope... You know the, the the scope of a rifle or whatever, and so I thought, oh, 
Is this? Is, are they going to have a, something similar in this? And yeah, they did. Like it's a different picture, of course, but the fans in the crosshairs. Whoever who, who wrote this, Murphy, he had got to have read that Sunday story and then it's kind of done his own take on it. That's what it seems like to me. I did enjoy the story. Um, um, and I don't remember the Sunday story going to Eden, so it was good to see um, Eden get a Guernsey. Um, I thought it was a nice touch, particularly because, as, as I mentioned earlier, been listening to the Tony DePaul um, interview where he spoke about trying to get all those phantom elements in, such as Eden, and you know you, have, you can't get them all in all the time, and he was struggling to get a few of these in, and so it was good to see a, a jungle story. It was good to see an Eden story. Um, yep. Yeah. So to, for me, it was a, it was um, a good classic jungle adventure. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with, with everything you said. There, I really, um, I, I did. I genuinely enjoyed this story. It's. Uh, Got the poachers. It's got the um, the phantom tracking them down. If anything, I probably would have liked to see the phantom get a little bit more brutal with the uh, the poacher at the end because he does say, "I hate poachers," and and chases him down. But at the end of the day, the roughneck gets a a skull mark to the jaw, and that's what they get. So um, I liked I I liked the uh, the headstone of Archie being a bit of a yeah. red herring mm. for the boys as they yeah. as they went through to try and find their their pirate treasure and um, I did I also enjoyed the dodos making an appearance because <laughs> yeah. uh, I haven't seen dodos on Eden before but it uh, and while you go that didn't the surprise you that the like, <laughs> no that's right it makes, makes complete oh, sense I suppose that the I'm dodos would that. be there. Yeah, um, it's good to see Steggy there. No, 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 Aaron, Aaron. Aaron, oh, right. Uh, it's the story, Aaron 105.3 or something like that is where they, they come from. Dodo's there too, you reckon? Yeah, that's where it came from. Um, what's it? The story's called Aaron. It's in a yeah. beautiful story. Um, oh, well, isn't it? Aaron buried as Archie? Isn't that? No, 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 Aaron and Archie are two different people. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was good to see Steggy there. There was no his or hers though, in no body. But um, <laughs> no, they good, good, to, good to see good to see Steggy get a a, a Guernsey. Um, so yeah, I like the story. Um, and yeah, yeah, like I said, good uh, jungle story. Anything else there to add, Jim? Yeah. Um, or oh, are we doing again, are we doing Heart of Darkness now, or after we finished everything? Uh, after we finish everything. Right, well, um, in my opinion, the the Archie again, like what you said, was the best thing. <clears throat> um, what I did like was, um, yeah, I like that. The thing I didn't like was there was a, a lot of blood being shed on um, Eden, and I just thought that was a little bit. Um, How's the know, kid like, shooting the gun? I thought that was a bit rough. Having yeah, the kid actually and shooting. like yeah. the the kid the kid shooting the bad guy. I just I don't know. I just didn't like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't like that part of the story that the kid shooting the bad guy. I didn't like that. Yeah. So there was so that was probably the bit I didn't like, and there was a lot of blood being shed, and I just thought that um, in in past fan stories. There's been kind of like the fandoms talked about, oh, you know, if the jungle cats um, get a whiff of blood, it's going to be the end of, uh, well, you know, the he end He mentions of... that in this, and the, I think the only blood that was, oh, I don't even know if there was blood, but, um, yeah, when, when yeah, the guy shoots him, you know, the, shoots the, the hair scout off. Mas- 
the Scoutmaster gets oh, shot. Oh, yeah, the Scoutmaster. I forgot about the Scoutmaster. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just kind of thought that they kind of, you know, that was a, a key bit that has been established in Phantom Law, and I just, I don't know. I just kind of thought it wasn't really. I guess we need a bit more. Okay. I guess the only the only um, writer you, you could say for that, and I can't believe I'm defending Ramethi in a uh, in an argument about Phantom Law, but <laughs> <laughs> at least it was human blood that was spilled and not any yeah, of the yeah. uh, animals. That's, that's okay. Stupid. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Now I'm interested to know what if there's a bit of a story about the the skeleton on Eden. So you know maybe we can mm. get a little bit about that. Yeah. Now the story that I was talking about is called Aaron. It's a Tony D. Paul story. Now it's 105.9, so 105.3, 105.9. I was fairly close. Um, everyone, it's a it's one of the best stories I've ever read. A very touching uh, story. So uh, everyone do do themselves a favour and dig out that story. It's one of the few type of stories where you, you know you can you almost get emotional over over the story. Um, I'm brave. So yeah, so um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a bit too much blood being shed, and but I did like the fact where you know in the last panel the the bad guy is kind of doubting himself. You know, <laughs> there's the whole. There's like a whole prison the yeah. discussion, which, again, is a very Lee Falk type thing. In a lot of Falk yeah. stories, you have, you know, the bad guys talking, you know, behind, you know, afterwards yeah. and stuff. So I kind of like that as well. And a nice yeah. little Disney reference there about the, what was it, pink elephants and hippos. Yeah. And Isn't that from Dumbo or Fantasia or something? Fantasia, like I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, issue number 1822, which is the last issue. Um, is the stone carving people? Um, this is, of course, an old story. I think from 1982. I yes. think. Yep. Um, the author is Don Avenel. Um, the artist is Haina Bade, or but how do you pronounce that one? Bade. And the cover artist on this one was. Uh, it just says Grange there, but I'm sure you guys can fix me up with the. Yeah. Name. Wallace. Grange. Who? Sorry, Wallace. Yes. Yep. Um, He's actually. Um, He's the he's a new guy. Mm. He's he's got another one coming up. Um, he has some of his previous work has actually been this year's uh, AFL football cards. Yeah, and he's done a lot of banners for football clubs and stuff like that as well. He's a Carlton supporter, so we'll try not to hold that against him. <laughs> oh, he's had a tough uh, year, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting a Phantom cover published is obviously the highlight of his of his year. And and what a cover! This cover has got to be in my in my mind anyway has got to be in contention for cover of the year. The detail Ooh. and the colouring give it a lifelike feel, um, even down to the veins yeah. in the Phantom's fist and the crease in yeah. his suit. You see the little creases in his suit, and the skull yeah. ring almost looks like a photograph. It's like it's so photo- photographic. The the skull ring. It, it, that was fantastic. I really, really like. And this is another um, um, point of the color, the colorist bringing out even more in the art. Um, yeah. Because yeah, you could do it, you know, flat and what and whatever. But this was just so dynamic and so lifelike. I thought it, it, it's up there in, in when we in a couple of months' time when we do our um, awards for the year. This has got to be in contention. In my opinion, it's his second best work that I've seen him do. 
And uh, the best work of his <laughs> would have to be the uh, Eagles Premiership poster that he did. I thought you might be going there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, look, I, I, I would agree. I really, um, oh, I, I, I haven't thought about our best of 2018 conversation yet. I'm sure this will be in the mix. Um, I do love the wraparound version of it. I guess my only my only critique of the cover has got nothing to do with Grange, um, other than the fact that uh, it's the, the the cover's got nothing to do with the story. Yeah, it's um, the swamp, it does. It's the Swamp um, Bandits. You reckon? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I suppose Phantom Head Peak is in the background there. Well, yeah. no, the Phantom Head Peak wasn't around then. But if you look at page ten. Yeah, I thought it was. It was yeah, the swamp okay. Part. No, you're right. Dan's you're right. Wrong. I, yeah, I was looking. I was looking at pirates. Dan's and not... just wrong. Sorry. Right. <laughs> no, I, I will put my hand up. Yes, I am wrong. <laughs> I saw that as being a pirate because of the hat, and it's only now when I look closely at that panel on page ten that I see one of the swamp rats or, or swamp pirates has got uh, that hat. So yeah. sorry uh, to everyone who I may have upset. Uh, Grange, I did say it wasn't your fault right from the get go, so it was never a crack at you. Now, this is an interesting story. We've got the, the Swamp Bandits, who are pretty much the only bad guys in this, um, and they've only got a couple of panels. Um, and well, before I go into that, I thought the art um, was a bit different for, for Babe. Um, I'm used to him giving us a, an angry phantom, and it was nice to, a nice change to having the phantom smile. Um, still, he, he made good use of darks, um, which seemed to be his calling card. Um mm. Yeah, and I've written here, no villain apart from Mother Nature. Interesting that this story was voted the best story of 1982 by the readers of Phantom. Yes. Um, yeah. I thought it was a nice adventure, which kicks along well. A good yarn, but uh, a bit of a stretch to call it the best of this year, at least. Maybe back in 1982, absolutely. But I don't know if I'd call this story um, the best of this year. Um, however, I thought it was good. However, I didn't like the Phantom playing on the superstition of the tribe by pretending to be the rock come to life. I thought we're... we're over that by now, aren't we? Doing those simple But 1982? 1982. That, that's what probably dates the, the work then. Um, but apart from, like, but I really enjoyed the story. I just didn't like that bit. You know, he could have just said, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here now, fellas. Get out of here. The, 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 the volcano's going to you know, blow. He didn't need to pretend mm-hmm. to be a rock statue come to life. Any yeah. Thoughts? yeah. I, that wasn't probably the thing that I, that wasn't, a criticism that I got out of it, but yeah, I can see that's why there's why three of us here, that. so we've got different criticisms. You've rendered germ speechless. To us. <laughs> no, 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 I was just waiting for Dan. I think oh, you go, Dan. Oh, look, I, I enjoyed the story for what it was. Um, I agree, it, it does. Um, it is a dated sort of a story, far more than the um, what was the first one we talked about from '77? Um, uh, Skeleton Coast. Yeah, Skeleton Coast. That that didn't feel dated to me, whereas this one probably did more, which is which is odd. But uh, um, I know the the issue that you're going to want to talk about, Germ, and um, which is the the fact that this offers a different sort of a um, origin story to Phantom Head Peak um, than than what is in the Lee Fork stories. So I guess it was interesting to see a different take on um, mm. on that. Um, but I guess inherently because it is different to what I have always 
or not always, but what I have historically understood and um, accepted as far as the origin of Phantom Head Peak because it differed from that. Um, I sort of put it in the interesting but not phantom basket um, yeah. in that sense. So, which is yeah. which is interesting because this story actually came before Lee Fork's origin of yeah. Phantom Head Peak because uh, Lee Fork has in typical Forkism. Uh, originally, uh, when he first talked about well. Originally, originally, when uh, the peak was actually a skull, and then it got changed to the phantom's face, and uh, in 1980, I think it was, it was made mention that it was naturally carved, or it was carved by nature. uh, Weathered. Weathered by nature, which goes along with this story. And then in, when was it? Was it 86 or 87 or something? (laughs) Lee Fork changed his mind and went with the more popular uh, view that it was Michelangelo who uh, sculptured it. See, that, that's news to me. To I always thought sculpture. it was just the, um, the, you know, a bit of weather and yeah, maybe a bit of sculpture, yeah. but I didn't realise the Michelangelo connection. But I thought um, having these stone cutters, it kind of worked well. Yeah, I think back in 1982, this was brilliant because it, you know, it, it used a a fork creation and it added to it and it all worked, it tied in nicely. And then, you know, along comes the fly in the ointment in the guise of, uh, the, of Lee Fork and uh, changes Well, it, mate, I sure. don't know that you can call Lee Fork the, the fly in the ointment. The dude, he's the ointment. He, he, he gets to... The yeah, that's right. The, no, the hang on, hang on. <laughs> the fly in the ointment for this origin story. Okay, fair enough. Because, you know, originally, you know, they weren't to know that Lee Fort was going to change his mind. Originally, it was naturally carved, you know, you know, carved by nature and stuff like that. And so they added to it. And, it, you know, it would have fit in all nicely. And then, you know, uh, and Lee Fort probably wouldn't have known that this story was created. You know, we've done an article about that where he knew about some stuff, but he didn't know about everything. And so you can't, you know, yeah, it's not really his fault, but it would have been... Um, uh, I can only imagine that the the, the powers of Semic at the time would have would have uh, probably you know face face themselves when they realised that you know Lee Fork had uh, had changed his original law. Yeah, oh, look, it's also possible to speculate and say that he he did see this story and decided that um, he didn't like it and was going to do it <laughs> do it better, do it do it in his own way. So yeah, now um, you're just uh, yes. now you're just making stuff up to try and um, oh no, uh, not at all. To try no, and cause an argument. I'm not. I'm not trying to cause an argument at all because I think the article that you're talking about, um, the we looked at the origin of Devil and I think that everything that. Um, came after that, sort of suggested that Lee Fork did like the Semic version of The Origin of Devil. Um, it's entirely possible that he read this or, or saw the artwork, or you know, he may not have seen an English language version, and decided he didn't like that version and, and had a different thing in mind and he wanted to do it himself. And, and you know, I guess that's the the beauty of it is we'll never know um, whether he knew so about which, it. So which 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 origin story do you use like better? And you know, putting besides the whole. Uh, you know, the one was created by Lee Fork and one was created by Semic and, you know, putting all your preconceived uh, notions and ideas and uh, biases behind. Like, do you prefer the Michelangelo origin one or 
do prefer that it was, you know, carved yes. by nature and then it I was guess slightly modified. If I had been asked on a quiz show how did Phantom Head Peak come to be, I would have said that um, Emperor Junkar, as part of his yeah. gratitude towards the Phantom, had um, had it. That's not what I asked though. No, no, no. This is my answer, though. <laughs> um, and so, and I so. Which story do you think's better? Which origins do you think's better? Not which one do you think is uh, official law? Oh well, if, if if that's the question, then I think the Leaf Fork version is better because the the that was. Um, I, do, I don't specifically remember Michelangelo being involved. I, 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 it's on the fringes of my memory, and when you bring that up, okay, yeah, maybe there was a, uh, a, a panel where he was sort of looking at Phantom Head Peak and guiding carvers, but I remember um, it being a Junkar idea, and this is how I'm going to say and my thing. hired Michelangelo. Yeah, that's an right. Italian master. Happy, happy to accept that. Um, I think that as a story, as a, as a concept, as an idea, a tribe saying thank you and doing it is is probably is, is quite good as well. But then for it to have taken shape in the way that these stone carving people who are just people who only exist to carve stone and don't seem to think about anything else, they're, they're, I don't <laughs> they're like that. They're pretty single-minded, narrow-minded or single-minded, yeah. aren't, aren't they? they? Aren't <laughs> they? And, and so that's not realistic yeah. as a tribe of people for me. And so so if you're asking which is the better story, I'm going to say the Junkar version, um, not just because of the Leaf Fork and not just because it's been embedded in my mind for probably 15, 20 years, but because um, I think it, it makes more... Uh, it makes more logical sense if anything in this fandom verse can make any logical sense um, it makes more it makes more logical sense than a group of people who whose only existence for generations is to carve stone yeah but we've seen plenty of that with the egon tribe that carve wood which is a fork creation and stuff like that so it's not like it's a a um or you've even got the beast people behind phantom head and stuff like that so it's not like it's it's something we haven't seen before. No, I guess it was just the way they, they were depicted as being single-minded about carving stone and nothing else. I mean, the... Isn't that what the Ugin tribe do as well? That was that was their, um, I guess, in the same way that the Wambizi are cattle and uh, you know, the Mori are fishermen. That, that was their trait, but it wasn't like that was their uh, reason to exist sort of thing, which yeah. is how it came across in this issue. Yeah, it probably did come across. I th- I think like like I in answer, with, with what you said, I think the official fandom law is that it was uh, Jim Carr, um, you know, who hired an Italian master who said his name is Michelangelo, who carved, you know, out of uh, out of a rock to represent the fandom as a thank you for every, for their friendship. You know, that is definitely the fandom law. Um, cool. You know, and, and I don't think there's any doubt with that. I just, I, um, personally, I see, I see issues with both stories. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know whether, uh, this wasn't my favourite story. It's, it's not my, you know, but I, I almost, I almost, almost prefer this version of how the fandom came about. Not, not, you know, with uh, as you know, a tribe saying thank you and stuff like that. But it's, it's still very similar as the other one. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just, 
I yeah, I almost prefer this version of how it came across. I think it's like a better way of how the fandom head peak came about. But you know, you have to you have to basically ignore this story and just go with the Lee Fork one. Okay. Anything else on this one? So should have this story ever been create ever been published by Free? Yeah. Because we have I we have the it. contradiction. So what? There's contradictions everywhere. Yeah, true. This is a rather, this is rather an obvious contradiction. It's not like it's yeah, a. It's still a good story. A, a strip, it's okay. a strip story or anything. Like that. So you guys don't see a problem with a story contradicting phantom law with the, you know, because they didn't have. Well, to then they're not going to publish any more Swedish stories, are they? If they're going to, if they're going to be well, worried no. about that. So no, because, I think it's fine. I think no, we should be moving on because it's getting late. That's a bit crazy. of a uh, that's a bit of a long long bow there <laughs> because you know yeah there's some minor elements that they contradict but this isn't a minor element. This is this is a rather large uh, contradiction to Phantom Law, which was not their fault. But it and you know I, I just wonder whether this was a story that they could have done without publishing. Well, I wonder if um, it, it would be cool to have um, the Lee Fork version um, be published soon by Fru as well. It's only been published twice by Fru, 91, I guess, which is not far long after it first came out, and then 2007, um, I guess, which is more recent than what Fru are going to republish it soon. But um, there will be people who, who've only joined Phantom Reading in the last 10, 12 years who don't see the, who, or don't know the original or the Lee Fork, not the original, um, according to timelines, but the Lee Fork <laughs> version. Um, yeah, I think we'll so. call it the, the official law. The official law. Yeah, that's right. So there'll be people who, who read this and this is their first understanding of what Phantom Head Peak is and how it was created. And then when they read the Lee Fork version, whenever they get to it, they'll go, Oh, this doesn't, jibe with what I understand so um, yeah, yeah it happens all the time. Uh, now Dudley was... Dudley did a good job in his message from the publisher explaining it all yeah and, and and I think you know and I think he you know I liked how he took the time to go into it to try and explain it um, and I think that was you know very well very well done yep okay cool moving on Heart of Darkness. Um, there's Chapter Four, Part Something, and there's Chapter Five, Part One. Um, I can't... So there's Chapter Chapter Four, Part Six, Chapter Four, Part Seven. Oh, is there a Chapter seven? Four, Part one. Eight, and Chapter Five, Part One? In, mm. the, in the ones that we read. Yep. Oh my yeah. goodness. Um, I don't remember any of the chapter. I think the Chapter Four ones started getting confusing and stuff. But I like Chapter Five. I can remember that one, and I yeah. thought it was a nice chapter introduction. Chapter Four. Chapter four, um, it, it's it's almost like at the end of chapter four, it's kind of like. I tell you like what, you got two minutes. We're, all, we're about two hours and forty minutes in this podcast. Explain chapter four in two minutes. Well, I'll explain the whole <laughs> four parts. I'll do my four part, what I think of it, and then you can go. I'm not doing so chapter well. four. Chapter four, part six. So the ring, you got the ring, which keeps bringing up surprises. You got another head knock on the Phantom, uh. which you know I think it happened about four times in the issues that we reviewed tonight. Uh, part seven, you had the censorship. Uh, you know, weird it came. You know, weird it became. And you know, it they censored it now when there's been you know heaps of stuff that uh, in the past. 
Um, it's tying in with all the stories with the ring and stuff like that, with the Neuro's ring and the past and the catacombs and all that, which was, you know, it's cool to tie in all those past stories. Uh, and then at the end of Chapter 4, which is in Part 8, you know, you get a bit of action and you feel like it's almost set, set everything up from the past. So you've got all the past elements that have all been tied up. We've been introduced to that. And then it's almost like Chapter 5. We're actually going to now, it's all set up and we're now going to see our current Phantom with some action and all the stuff that we've learnt with all the past four chapters are going to be little Easter eggs, which is going to help us and help the Phantom defeat this villain, which, you know, who's definitely playing in the long game. Yes. Okay. And chapter five, we're introduced, uh, I think, to some new characters. And so... um Part one is really about giving us the backstory about these new characters. We're in uh, Jerusalem, and I think um, Dudley makes mention about, oh, that seems like a nice place to visit. Then he went, goes under tra- travel advisor and realizes, eh, probably not. Having said that, my uh, <laughs> my in-laws are actually going over there in a month or two, and we're a little, to say that we're a little bit worried would be putting it, um, yeah, we're a little bit worried. Um, however, they go. Isn't you always worried about going there? Well, of course, well, I had the opportunity to go there 20 years ago, and I said, no, I just went to Rome. Um, my one, I've actually got two little issues with it, and, that, and these aren't really with the story. I think the story, I think the narrative went, went quite well. Um, but I would have thought that, I'm assuming that that character is a Jewish person, and I don't think she'd call the Western Wall the Wailing Wall. I would have thought she would have called it the Western Wall. Um, is and, the Wailing Wall... So there is a Wailing Wall, isn't there? The Wailing, it's the Western Wall. It, it, it's yeah. been known as the Wailing Wall because people go up to it and pray and, and pray. they can be quite wailing about it. It's kind of like a, a nickname, whereas the Western Wall is a more official title of it, and I would have thought that, it, I'm assuming... A Jewish it, person. ...would, would yeah. call it... Um, the, I could be completely wrong, but I, but that's one issue that I had. The other one is, I've never known an airline to show a horror movie on a flight quite like they did <laughs> on that. I thought, wow, Really? Um, so that was <laughs> that was quite interesting. Um, it, it was yeah. almost like they ha- it was almost like they had a page to play with, yeah. which is kind of funny when you're talking about these parts, which are only four, five, six pages each. That is kind of like, oh, I'll just throw this in. Throw this a in there, a bit of a <laughs> horror theme. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, I thought the, 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 my two issues with the with chapter five, part one, because I can remember this one, and I actually wrote some notes down on this one. Um, so I'm looking forward to see where where this is heading now. Any yeah, any more I've, words on it there, Dan? We've heard Jermaine and myself there now. Oh, I've stopped reading Heart of Darkness a long time ago. Um, yeah, I just going to wait I, for it to all be collected and then read it again. That that that's how I. Uh, yeah, not not a lot of what you've said makes me feel like I should go back and read it. To be honest, um, it, it yeah. It's um, it's. I flick through the artwork because I do like uh, Jean's art, um, but I don't pay any attention to the story because it's just too difficult to follow. That said, it was good to see that there are four parts in only what are we talking about seven issues, issues yeah. one of which was a replica. So it's good to see them starting to pump it out. Um, so maybe it might be easier to pick it up again now, but I'm so far behind and out of it now that it's not worth trying. How many you chapters are a there? Brilliant point. How many chapters are there, Dan? Are we in Jermaine? I think there's forty. On? There's forty nine um, episodes. So right. j- chapter seven, part six, or something, is going to so be the last seven. one. Right, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you raise a brilliant point. It's almost like they've stopped doing gaslight. To pump yes. this out, yeah. It's noticeable. Um, which I wonder if... I wonder if that's by design, if there's been an issue. Um, I did read in one of the messages from the publisher or Phantom Forum, Dudley saying that um, uh, they're still discussing Phantom by Gaslight at the moment or, or it's under... It's under discussion, but we haven't seen Gaslight in a long time now. Um, yeah. And maybe it is a decision. We were critical of the fact that they were flipping and flopping between the two. Maybe they've just gone, right, let's get Heart of Darkness finished to free up whatever else we want to do next. Because yeah. remember, Heart of Darkness was was started before the current Fru crew. So they've it's yeah. a legacy that they've been left with, and uh, it is ongoing. And it's going to be at least another year or two, you would think, for them to be able to get the rest of this out. Yeah, so there's... Fi- uh, there's 50 parts um, of this. What was the one that we just read? Chapter five, five part, just part did. one. Five part one. So that's uh, where are we? Five part one. So that's 29. So we're over halfway. Goodness me! Only so... just. <laughs> hey, look at the positives. Um, so you know the first the first parts all set it all up, and I think we're going to. Um, yeah, so there's there's seven part six, and then there's like a um, oh, and then uh, there's the thirty two page full story to finish it off. Is that? I think the last part. Yep. Yeah, the is, last part is a full thirty two, thirty eight. There you go. Yeah, um, and what's actually it was actually done written thirteen years after the original series as well. Oh, that's right. interesting. Um, so, and it's only ever been published in Sweden. It's never been published by, uh, you know, Norway or or, or, um, or Finland, who was still doing Phantom Stories back then as well. Mm, okay. So um, we've still got a little bit way to go. So, we're, yeah. But I, I, I think I think if if it's a, a conscious effort by Fru to just do Heart of Darkness, I think it might be the right decision. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and then we can go and, go and enjoy Gaslight. Yeah, I, I, I honestly can't see, and I know I wouldn't be the only person in this boat now, though, that isn't even reading Heart of Darkness. Yeah. And I don't see myself starting to. Um, I, I hope that, because it's something like a 300, 330-page full story. Um, I hope that it gets 389 done. 389 pages. 389. So that's probably even too big for a, a trade paperback, to be honest. Two of them. Uh, especially Indeed, if you... If you were going to do, um, oh, what was the prequel story? We did get that. Yeah, re- re- Heart of Fire or something like that. Or life, um, Fire of Life or something like that. Fire of Life, that's right. Fire of um, Life, yeah. yeah. Now, is this originally done in colour? Because No. 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 Would, you reckon Free would consider doing it in, in no, colour? No, they're, so. they're not going to colour nearly 400 pages. <laughs> no. Yeah. Rightio. Um, I think that's... A, that could be about it, I reckon, fellas. We're about two and a half yep. hours into this Let's podcast. The so, <laughs> and I'm getting really cranky because I'm losing sleep now. <laughs> right. How long did you say it was? Well, I've got two hours, 46 minutes on the official Skype. That's okay, how long yeah. Dan and I have been together. So, uh, minus 15 for Germ to join us and minus 10 for wee break in the middle. <laughs> 10 for a wee break? My goodness. Anyway, so... What's this? Has JP been organised with now? Oh, has yeah. Jermaine been organised with... <laughs> My goodness, imagine if he didn't have the bloody notes. We'd be, we'd be here for another two hours. Oh. 
<laughs> well, this is why I've been trying to get us to hurry up and do a comics and news because, you know, we hadn't done one for a while and what? We reviewed 10 comics. Yeah, no. Imagine if we pushed it, up, pushed it out for another fortnight like yeah. we were originally going to do. I will, I'll put my hand up and say this is almost entirely my fault because I was delaying us and delaying us trying to get that 100th episode uh, carved together. I'm really pleased that it's over and done with now. Um, I, I enjoyed doing it, but it was just, I didn't understand. You enjoyed the finished time. product even better. Yeah, I didn't anticipate how much time it was going to take. Um, and, <laughs> it was worth it, though. It was worth well, it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you think so. Um, yeah, it, it'll be good now to just get back into the normal routine and, um, you know. We are going to try and do comics and news once a month. That's the plan. That's our it? aim. Yep. That's our aim. That's the plan. So we can do it once a month. So that way we can do, you know, two, three comics a time so we can spend more time on it and we don't have to do four hour podcasts because frankly we all do have day jobs as well oh and look it's uh trade period we're all trying to listen to trade radio at the moment instead of uh <laughs> oh, you don't listen to trade radio do anyway, you? honestly moving on those guys are muppets. so jermaine's <laughs> been a bit more organized and, and i'm glad he is patreon show, we've... made no difference <laughs> no. we've got a new a new patreon Thank you, uh, Paul Maloney, for your support. Um, may there be many more months of that. Thank you, Paul. Um, Patreon P3 Phantom Preservation Project Reward, the latest editions. We've got the English translated Semic 1980s map. Oh, is that the thing we've been working on? Or you've been working yeah, on? Yeah, that you've been yeah, working on. I like on. how we say we. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we've been working on. Yeah. Well, I put my little bit in every now and then. There's been lots of discussions around this, and and I really hope that um, lots of people get to see this. This is uh, people will, may have seen the map of Bengala um, that was created for a, a board game, I think, wasn't it? Or, or was yes. has used been used for a board or game? Or used by a board game. I'm not sure if it was created for it or used, used by it, but yeah. Jermaine yeah. um, has put a power of work into um, getting the highest resolution possible of this, and then. Um, going through with Photoshop and, and uh, translating the names into English. And um, there are reasons uh, why we've done that outside of, I guess, just putting it on the the B3. But um, I think it's going to be a, a really valuable addition. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, but, actually, but, it could be two reasons. It could be two things that it could be used for. But, yeah, again, we'll find out about that later. All yeah. right. So, yeah. no... So, so that's uh, going to be great for people to see. Now, there, there was an English version done a couple of years ago, but it was... This one's better. And I hope, I hope yeah, I hope the person who did it uh, doesn't get offended, but my version's better and more accurate. So <laughs> we've got the map on there. We've got the 99.94 newsletters. Just a couple. Just a couple Just up a there. couple. Uh, a link. Yeah, about five. Are we allowed to promote this, the next bit? I don't think we we'll um, promote that. Well, we've been told if you listen. Okay, here's what we'll say about this: if you listen to episode 74, um, we have been told that <laughs> anyone who a few things tonight. <laughs> anyone, any, no, anyone who listens to episode 74 has been told um, that they can approach us for a link to a thing. Um, we've decided to oh, put that wasn't, link. I thought he was joking. No, no, no. Um, that was that was a, that was a thing, and oh, yeah. uh, so we've put that link in the P3, so that's uh, easily accessible to anyone who jumps on and becomes a five dollar member of Patreon, is to get the link that we discuss in episode seventy four. Radio. So go back listen to episode seventy four. I highly recommend doing that if you haven't done it already. Then you know what link we're talking about because I'm not going to give it to you now. You've got to keep you guessing. Or you're a patron already and you're going to know what it is anyway. But if you're not a Patreon, 
go become a patron and then you'll get it. You'll, it's great. <laughs> and we've got our audio file that we um, that Dan worked on. The Gibbs Brothers um, audio file is there as well. Looking forward to the next radio play um, that will be coming out. <laughs> Sometime. Um, <laughs> Episode 200. Episode yeah, 200. The, the way it's going. Um, so, remember you can always check us out on chroniclechamber.com. You can email us at chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Of course, we've got our social media, Facebook, Chronicle Chamber Phantom fan page, and we've got the Phantom Collector group. Twitter at Chronicle Tweets, and Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your other podcasting platform remember to give us a fantastic five star or whatever your best rating is because that means other people get to enjoy us or they get to see us um when they search for phantom we come up and other people get to enjoy uh, three blokes in three different states talking about phantom for three hours it's uh so i'm just going to throw in just on on those other podcast platforms if you're an android listener um, apparently, and I've only found this out since Google searching, trying to find one of our old podcasts. Um, if you download the Player FM app or the Podbeam, a Podbean app or the Castbox app, we're available on all of those. Um, awesome. <laughs> so there you go. Well, that's fantastic. So, fellas, for um, PH, that well, that's it's exactly it. Without further ado, <laughs> I think we should all wish everybody one, two, three. Happy family. Happy family. Radio. I'm off, fellas. It's nearly midnight. I want to sleep. Yeah. G'day, g'day. Hello. I can see Dan. But I can't hear anything. Why can't I hear anything? Thumbs down. Can't hear you. You can you can hear me, but I can't hear you. Right. Bugger. It, you it looks like a... <laughs> from the first. Well, there's an edit point there, right there. <laughs> I'm not going to put any. Uh, Massimo Gamberi, who uh, drew the. Uh... <laughs> That's not making it onto the, the final podcast. Yeah. Oh, but it does! (laughs) Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The man comes! The ghost who walks the Enemies beware The phantom's always there But you won't mind the phantom